2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to History with Hercifat. I'm your host, Chris, a.k.a. Hercifat. Today, we'll be continuing our discussion of the decade that was the 80s with the year 1987. The views shared on this podcast come from your everyday ordinary people. My hope is that it'll give a unique perspective on history. Future podcasts will be doing the years 1988 and 1989, finishing out the decade of the 80s. And for those that listen to our podcast via Spotify, Apple, or Google, we also have a YouTube channel showcasing a number of top-notch videos, highlighting some borderline funny moments from our podcast for your viewing pleasure. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Your support is greatly appreciated. Today with us, we have uh, Brad and Nick back again. Yay! Oh, hey, 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 everybody. Hello, hello. They're all very happy to see you uh, or hear from you. Uh, Good to have you guys back again. Uh, We'll jump right into it. Uh, (laughs) uh, Weird news of the week from the New York Post, as we are doing, as we do from time to time. Of course. Um, The title of the article is, I sold my home for a facelift. Now I look <laughs> fabulous, but live in a van. So, wow! first line incredible. Of... <laughs> Well thought out. Um, the yes. first line the, uh, of the article is, uh, life in plastic is so fantastic that one cosmetic surgery patient was willing to live on the road for it. Uh, a 50 year old woman has revealed that she went under underwent a facelift at the cost of her three bedroom house selling the property in Arizona so that she could afford the $14,000 procedure, according to Southwest News Service.
1: It's
3: very American. Uh, $14,000 is all she got for her house? Um,
1: I don't know. (laughs) Three bedroom? (laughs) Yeah. That must have been a shithole. I don't know if that's... Well,
2: well, let me read on. We'll figure it out. Sure, yeah. Kelly Beasley, a blogger who lives in Lake Tahoe, California, now travels in a van since selling her house, but has a fresh new face to show for it and wants to end the shame surrounding plastic surgery. Um, <laughs> around 48, my face started dropping fast, Beasley explained. The changes were astounding. She claimed that getting other injectables like fillers, which she had been getting for the past 15 years, wasn't going to make a difference. So she sold her pad as a cushion to cough up the cash. The results are beyond what I expected, she said. I didn't expect to look younger. <laughs> I'm loving my look and looking my most fabulous that I can. The 50-year-old explained that when she came to the conclusion that she wanted to get the procedure, nearby plastic surgeon, surgeons quoted her work at 50000 to 60000 Then she saw a woman on TikTok uh, who had gotten the procedure done in Tijuana, Mexico for just $14,000 and great results. Mm. So Beasley joined a face group, Facebook group Or EOC Plastics, an organization that helps others coordinate plastic surgeries in Mexico. She started looking at other women's experiences and decided to sign up to be put on a cancellation list. Uh, Beasley was notified of a cancellation this past January, but didn't quite feel ready. A month later, they had another one. Beasley explained, I thought, let's do this. She continued, it was on February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to me. Um... Beasley traveled to Tijuana on February 13th, just one day before she went under the knife and endured a four hour long surgery, which involved taking fat from her thighs and putting it into her lips and her face. In the end, she went for an extended facelift, neck lift, lip lift, and fat transfer from her thighs. She spent six days recuperating in a hotel in Tijuana and then (laughs) drove back home to the United States. Beasley compared the whole ordeal to being on a vacation. Uh, I woke up with the head wrapped in a giant crazy bandage, uh, Beasley recalled. I started taking pictures immediately. Uh, the 50-year-old claimed that she didn't feel any pain, instead only experienced discomfort. So far, she is loving her new appearance, although she admitted that it does take some time to get used to the changing looks. About a, After about a week and a half, I had a mere oh-crap moment, she said. Your brain is having a hard time adjusting to your face. But now she's a big fan and believes that the procedure took 20 years off her appearance. She even said that she prefers her looks now than when she was 30 years old and is having fun putting on makeup again. Beasley wants to share her journey in hopes that others will stop the shame surrounding plastic surgery. If we do too much, we're vain or insecure, she said. If you don't do anything, wear makeup or do your hair, they say you've let yourself go. The plastic surgery patient described it all as exhausting. I'm going to do what I want to do, Beasley said. Why not live the most fabulous life? part of that me part of that for me is having plastic surgery where is that um so that's it that's the end of the article hmm where's well. the talk about the van did you oh, hear anything weird. about a
1: van Not no here. yeah the van no well no i think i um, i mean your
2: house and now travels in a van also but the I...
1: costs
3: don't add up or anything None of that right I, I, i'm
1: i'm wondering when the, when she was heart. put in the hotel to recuperate in, in, in mexico did they like you hook want... her up to like fluids or something i uh, just like of sat there with a
3: bandage around her head probably just a... some painkillers i would imagine right, yeah. right.
2: Well, that's probably because all the massive amounts of painkillers they have young good lord i don't know good for her though i'm glad she's right. having a good time i mean there's pictures and stuff i mean we're gonna we're gonna
1: post it in the in the description right video but
2: man this uh i don't know if
1: this uh i mean it's just it, that's a hell of a life choice right 50 to, years old, you know right yeah. it's yeah uh, i don't know what well, yeah like like brad said though i mean if if she's happy i guess then that's that's what really matters but also at the same time it's just nothing i would do right yeah, I'm not yet never no I, I well <laughs> classic shit. well yeah not yet yeah let's do some time give it some time
2: um, yeah, I just don't understand where the video or the 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 van comes from. Like living in a van, where why? She's home, but why doesn't she just get a new one? Why doesn't she get an apartment? Fuck, rent an apartment, something. Why is she living in a van? What's the
1: necessity? Because uh, it seems in? like she had spent pretty much all she had on the plastic surgery in Tijuana. That yeah, it was only
3: four. It was only like fourteen thousand, though.
1: Right? Maybe she spent the rest of what she had on some shitty van. And just drives that around. Yeah, not really sa- yeah, want to elaborate just, on uh, that.
3: Maybe she just saved the rest of the money. And she's just... There you go.
2: Yeah, maybe she didn't like the confines of a home. So she sure. thought... Maybe
3: like a mobile Wanted home. Wanted to be
1: a nomad. A but, but a really mom. look good-looking nomad.
3: Right. Yeah. She's probably doing it just for a uh, clout, you know?
1: Sure. Everything for the clout.
2: Um, Yeah, I just don't... Uh, Maybe the hotel on Tijuana was really expensive. (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just really pricey. (laughs) Just really pricey Tijuana. 12 grand for six, seven days. Right. Absolutely. All right, guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you. That will do it for weird news of the week. All right. All right. We will now move into uh, a little personal favorite of uh, ours. uh, the timelines, uh, timeline section of
4: 1987.
1: Remember this face. Ah!
3: Ah! Good morning, everyone.
4: There appears to have been a very serious accident involving the space shuttle Challenger. saw,
0: Good evening. Millions of people mourned the tragic death of John Lennon today, the young and the middle aged. There has been a nuclear accident in the Soviet Union, and the Soviets have admitted that it happened. The Soviet version is this.
5: Where's the beat?
0: Astonishing news from East Germany, where the East German authorities have said, in essence, that the Berlin Wall doesn't mean anything anymore. Good afternoon, everybody. No! Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
4: Ah!
2: And on January 31, 1987, The Cure for Insomnia premieres at the School of the Art Institute in Chicago, Illinois, to officially become the world's longest film according to the Guinness World Records. At 5,220 minutes long, the film has no plot, only consisting of artist L.D. Grobin reading his 4,080 page poem, A Cure for Insomnia, over the course of three and a half days, spliced with the occasional clips from heavy metal, pornographic, and instructional cooking videos um so there he actually yeah that's the thing he, basically that's the entire movie is just him <clears throat> reading from his poem and in it's the like, middle of the poem like you'll just randomly get these clips of heavy metal like music videos and then pornographic clips huh and instructional.
3: it's art it's art
2: I suppose that I, is a cure for insomnia there's no way you don't yeah. fall asleep with that mm-hmm. um all right. Uh, all right. February 6, 1987, Sonny Bono announces his candidacy for mayor of Palm Springs, California. He would celebrate the occasion by going on a three-week ski trip across the Alaskan wilderness, a trip he would repeat until his death in nineteen ninety-eight via skiing directly into a tree. On March fourth, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty-seven, U.S. Pro- <laughs> U.S. President U.S. President Ronald Reagan U- U.S. President Ronald Reagan addresses the American people on the Iran Contra affair acknowledging that his overtures to Iran had deteriorated into an arms-for-hostages deal. Reagan would reassure the American public that the Star Wars project, however, was still the top concern for his administration, claiming it would be operational before his terms end or his name wasn't Ronnie Fuck Around and Find Out Reagan. On April 19, 1987, the Simpsons cartoon first appears as a series of shorts on The Tracy Ullman Show. What otherwise would have been an innocuous event, would be the birthplace of one of, if not the, greatest TV show ever created of giant rabbit people with gambling debts. On May 11, 1987, Klaus Barbie goes on trial on Lion for war crimes committed during World War II. Following the guilty verdict, Klaus's dolls were immediately pulled from store shelves across the United States. Today, they are only available via the black and Facebook markets. On June 19, 1987, Teddy Seymour is officially designated the first black man to sail around the world. When he completes his solo sailing circumnavigation in Frederickstead, St. Croix of the United States Virgin Islands. Upon completing his journey, Teddy was confronted by the local police and placed in jail for failing to yield at a buoy and resist- resisting arrest. Yeah. <laughs> On July 31st, 1987, an F 4 rated tornado devastates eastern Edmonton, Alberta. Hardest hit are an industrial park and a trailer park. 27 people are killed and hundreds injured, with hundreds more left homeless and jobless. The hundreds more ending up in pretty much the same spot they were before. Uh, on August fourth, nineteen eighty-seven, the Federal commun- yeah, the FCC rescinds the fairness doctrine, which had a required radio and television stations to present alternative views on controversial issues. Upon hearing the news, a bloated, greasy, opiate-addicted Rush Limbaugh, with the help of Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes, would be released from his demonic torture sex dungeon to speak to the ignorant masses. That's actually a big deal. The FCC uh, rescinds the fairness doctrine, which allows. You know, news and radio, and TV to just go crazy in one direction and not show alternative viewpoints.
1: Oh yeah, right. Be extremely biased. Yeah. News and
2: MSNBC and all the other mm-hmm. like this is what we are, and they don't even have right. to bother showing an alternative viewpoint anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. like
1: Hannity and Combs tried, dude. Hannity and Combs tried. Hannity. Yeah, <laughs> they gave it their best.
2: All that show fairness doctrine. That's what they should do. Yeah. Right. All right. On September 17th, 1987, Pope John Paul II arrives in San Francisco for his first visit to the city in which he embraces several aid sufferers, including an infected child and proclaims abstinence from illicit sex and drugs are the two main ways to avoid infection. When confronted with the fact that the child he embraced engaged in neither illicit sex nor drugs, Pope John Paul responded with, well, he's Catholic, so I'm certain he's been run through by a few priests by now. Hell, I probably placed those priests at his parish. Oh, my God. Amazing. God damn. <laughs> um, October 14, 1987. <laughs> yeah. October 14th, 1987, 18-month-old Jessica McClure falls into a well in her aunt's backyard in Midland, Texas. It would be a story that would capture the nation's attention, including that of Ronnie Fuck Around and Find Out Reagan. <laughs> Jessica would be rescued from her predicament two days later, only to come out as a little boy named Timmy O'Toole. Hmm. On November twenty second, 1987, unknown perpetrators hijacked the signal of WGN TV in Chicago for about 20 seconds and WTTW for about 90 seconds, displaying a strange man, a strange video of a man in a Max Headroom mask. To this day, the perpetrators have never been caught.
3: Yeah. You can it's watch it on YouTube. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really, yeah. Really disturbing. It, 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 yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, it, is it, yeah, some guy's getting, like, spanked or something, some kind of weird <laughs> Sex thing was going on with <laughs> that too, and
2: WTTW. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and on December eighteenth, nineteen eighty-seven, the gaming franchise Final Fantasy makes its debut in Japan. The series would go on to sell millions of games and merchandise, along with racking up numerous awards for its phenomenal musical scores, and innovative gameplay, and groundbreaking RPG development. Seemingly, the only award the series has thus not received is a Razzie. Although not for lack of trying, with the critical and commercially panned Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within released in 2001, <laughs> that will do it for our timeline it's of first Yeah, that, that Pope John Paul, <laughs>
4: Pope John Paul joke. <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, because like that was his his speech. That's what he said. You know, that was the best way to get not get A's is to avoid illicit drugs and sex. and the, like, well, he just hugged a child that had AIDS. I don't know. I don't, he had nothing to do with that. So what's his, yeah. what's his plan for him? What's your all reasoning? Right. And so I was just like, well, I guess if there's any think illicit text with the child, well, that's definitely. Right. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's, like a, that's a slow pitch right across the plate. Yeah. And uh, I have to make <laughs> those priests to other parishes to do the same thing. Um. All right. So that will do it yeah, for the timeline. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And without further ado, uh, one's for uh, Aaron because uh, he loves that phrase. Without further ado, we will now move into our movie section of the podcast with movies of 1987. No. I am the father. Fuck you, asshole. Inconceivable. That's right, boys.
5: It's Dr. Vinkman.
0: When this baby hits 88 miles per hour,
4: you're going to see some serious shit.
5: Nice fucking model. No!
2: I'm going to cut all this out because I forgot to bring up entertainment. I've had 88. Okay. Womp womp. Womp womp. All right. In the top 10 movies in terms of gross for the year 1987, number 10 classic
5: fucking movie. Classic movie. Predator. A woo-hoo-er, a hand-clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun
1: ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
5: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Predator. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, it's so good, man. So nice. man.
2: Do You remember watching it for the first time? Any sort of a uh, memory? Um, if not, do
3: you have a highlight? Uh, no, no, I remember watching it for the first time. Me being a little kid with my dad, of course, and <laughs> I'm sure my brother and sister were there too. But there's that scene where the predator's like polishing the skulls of like his okay. victims, and I'm like, Dad, what? Why? Why is he saving the skulls? And my dad's just like, Oh, those are his trophies, son. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, those son. <laughs> Those are his trophies. he's he's hunting them for sport.
4: Yeah. Don't like, go to bed th- th-
3: he hunts humans for sports <laughs> Yep. Pretty <much. laughs> uh, He's coming after you next. Oh no. well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think I saw this movie until I was in high school actually. Um and I believe it was over at Sly's house. When we watched it, um we would <laughs> I think the first time I watched it we shut off the volume to it so it was just silence and then we would just make up words as they were saying as if we were doing the ad-libbing for them and see if we could get the mouths to match up with what we were saying so oh yeah do. that oh, was wow. so much fun that was, that was fun great. to do uh, things you did uh, before the internet was big <laughs> um, but um, I remember uh, yeah, I remember really liking it and being like holy shit this is actually a pretty good movie I wasn't expecting it to be um, but it was entertaining for sure. A lot of great one liners, a number of uh future politicians in that movie. And obviously with Arnold Schwarzenegger being the governor of California. Oh, and Jesse you, Ventura, Jesse being yeah, yep. uh was he governor of Minnesota, I believe. That's right. Yeah. And uh Carl Weathers hadn't getting anything, but he can make hell of a soup. Um or a st- It's a stew. Stew. <laughs> hell of
1: a stew. Hell of
2: a stew. And I don't remember the other guy. I don't think he ever did anything. Bill Duke. Uh, yeah, maybe. Probably. Who's he, he, the other black guy? Yeah, he's like in other movies, but I can't remember. Yes, he is. Uh, what else is he's in? But he gets the, the Predator laser shot through his head, and it's just got that red goop. Like, yeah. He's like through, like a log trying to get like a good shot because he thinks he sees him. And the Predator's literally just standing on the log, invisible, <laughs> just like, yeah. waiting for his head to be there. He's like, uh. there he goes. All right, he's done. Um. Pretty gra- I thought it was really cool when uh, Arnold had to put on this mud he realized that he saw it through heat vision so he was all covered. I thought oh, like, that's just interesting. Um, infrared, I guess. Um, oh
3: yeah, when he he puts the mud on and he's just like, <laughs> just like roars <laughs> into yeah. the night. Yes. Pretty badass. Yeah.
2: Wow, ugly son of a bitch or something like mm-hmm. that.
3: Yeah. God. Mm-hmm.
2: What about uh, Nick? You got anything for Predator that stuck out to
1: I mean, I I don't really remember watching it for the first time, but I'm sure that when I did watch it for the first time, it was probably like on TV, right? Oh, so yeah. it's probably like like edited and whatnot. Oh yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but I had watched it recently, maybe like a couple of years ago. And yeah. it's just a great movie. Um oh, yeah. it's just something about just that, that whole trope that just had there's like this aesthetic, this feeling to watching the movie. That uh, it's it's like a war movie, but a horror movie and a action movie and a suspense movie. It's like it has all these different things all in one, and it's also very philosophical in a way. To where you know you have this outside race that is you know you know obviously not from this planet that is a threat, and there, it's just humans kind of dealing with that in that setting and being hunted by it and then kind of adjusting and adapting to now where they're hunting it, you know, by the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. uh, which just ends up being, you know, I'm I'm just going to spoil it, you know, just Arnold at the end. Uh, It's it's the famous, you know, get to the chopper. Well, there's someone else get to the chopper. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, there's the famous, uh, you know, if it bleeds, uh, we can kill it, that sort of thing. yeah, just uh, it's such a great film. Honestly, it's it's uh, another timeless film.
2: I think it still holds up too. Do uh, it does, today. yeah. Effects, but the not...
1: the the invisibility definitely looks like a little strange. But I mean, it, it's it was good for its time for sure. Mm-hmm. But the the practical effects were the best thing about that movie, with the face of the predator like without its mask, and then he's like, "You ugly mother," you know all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was so good. Like When you're young, like that freaks you out big time. And whew, I remember seeing
2: stuff. Predator face for the first time and being like, I was not expecting that. That is, yes, right. he is one ugly mother. Holy shit. <laughs> well, um, that was uh, number 10 for 1987, the top 10. Uh, number nine was uh, the movie the, the Witches of Eastwick, which is uh, Jack Nicholson and like uh, Meryl Streep, I believe. Or maybe not. I don't know. Uh I watched it once. i didn't really care for it. It wasn't for me i'm sure it's uh has a special place in somebody's heart somewhere, but not mine <laughs> so and I'm pretty sure neither one of you have seen this movie. so never even heard help. of it yeah, we move on all right number number eight um i can't even recommend it so there it is. Number eight was the movie lethal weapon lethal mm-hmm. weapon uh that one was uh that wasn't bad. It's a classic like the the saxophone in the background. Mm-hmm music you know it's always sunny does that really well uh it was uh interesting because it wasn't like a standard cop buddy buddy sort of deal like mel gibson's character is like suicidal at the beginning of the movie like he basically spends the entire movie trying to kill himself in some fashion right he realizes that at the end that he just doesn't want to do it but like the first half of the movie you're kind of worried he's just going to blow his head off um but yeah it's a it's not a bad movie it's a him and danny glover work, work really well together play off each other. Um it was a good movie, I thought. Now are the next nine hundred or I don't know how many there are, but the next right. any good? Uh not as good, See, diminishing returns. I think when they got Joe Pesci in the movie in like the mid nineties, uh and the bad guy was Jet Lee. I think that was the end of the movie. Like Lethal Weapon four, I think that was, yeah, that, that's no good. But Lethal Weapon pretty good. Uh have you guys ever seen that, those movies? Who yeah.
1: No. I've seen the first two or three, I think. Yeah, Uh, the first one, like you said, it's not bad. It's just the saxophone uh, is is just corny. It's just cheesy. Hell yeah! And um, so yeah, it's fun to watch. It's a fun movie. Um, but like you know, as you said, diminishing returns, big time. Oh yeah, like it's almost not even worth watching the other ones. Just watch the first one.
2: I agree, I agree. Alright, uh, for number 7, the 7th highest grossing movie of 1987 is a movie called Stakeout. Um, never even heard of it, I looked into yeah. it, I've never even heard or seen anything from this movie, ever. And I can imagine neither one of you have. So, we can move on to the next movie, which is the uh, number 6th highest grossing movie of 1987, which is The Secret of My Success. Now that movie's only reason I even know that is because it's always sunny. As Michael J. Fox is in it. And it's got
1: that day bow bow song. The oh, okay. Yeah, they were... Re- that's funny. Yeah, they're, they're referencing, referencing that. Yeah. And episode Ooh. D has a heart attack.
2: Sweet D yeah. has a heart attack. My favorite It's Always Sunny episode, so... And oh, for like, sure. Secret oh, My Success.
1: Are uh, you sure that's how it happened? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> uh, at the end of that episode, they actually have the, um, the Pepe Sylvia.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, and just, it's just—it's
1: such a good episode. I love, I love when uh, the he calls him in in his office. He's like, "Hey, it's Mag." He's like,
3: "Yeah, who the hell is this? What
1: the hell are you doing in my office?" <laughs> right.
3: He just goes, <laughs> "Tell you me remember? your tell me your name, sir." He just goes, "Uh,", uh and just hangs up the phone. <laughs> yeah, it
1: slowly hangs up the phone. That's uh,
2: uh Len on the phone. Len Howerton or whatever his name is. Right. right? Yeah. Dennis. Yeah, I did find Right. Yeah. Phone. Yeah. The secret of my success. I'm pretty sure Michael J. Fox swindles his way into like an in accompany, uh, lies about his age and God knows what else. Mm-hmm. And then sleeps with some woman and then manages to come up with a great idea to save the day at the end of the day. And he makes it big. It's, it's basically, it's an eighties movie. It's really, it's corny. Um, I of wouldn't course. necessarily watch it, but you know, if you like Michael J. Fox, go for it. Uh, all right. The, um, uh, the fifth highest grossing movie of the year, 1987. This is a, a good one. I really like this movie. Um, the movie The Untouchables. Have you guys seen The Untouchables? It's a Brian De A long time ago. Yeah. No, You ever never seen, saw it. It's a mobster gangster movie. You don't yeah. like those. Stuff. I suppose why you wouldn't. Yeah, but The Untouchables is about Elliot Ness and Prohibition with Al Capone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert De Niro playing Al Capone doing a fantastic job. Uh, the music is strange uh, of that era, like the 20s. Yeah. It's got, uh, I don't know, got an odd, off feeling to it. Sean Connery's in it, which is really funny. He's a cop. He's like talking about um, if Capone stabs one of your men, you send him his to the morgue or something like that. He puts us in the hospital, you put us in the morgue. That's how you get Capone. That's the Chicago way. Like, all right, man, calm down.
1: <laughs> Jeez, relax, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can't just use diplomacy? No,
2: not in Chicago. <laughs> That's the way you get Capone. Ah, uh, there was somebody who's like a, a a low rent Rick Moranis. I remember that in the movie. He's like the accountant or something mm-hmm. with the. He he doesn't really. He's a short little guy with big with glasses. He doesn't seem like he's ever fired a gun in his life, mm-hmm. but they've got him coming along with the Untouchables and. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner does a good great job, and uh, like I said, Sean Connery is really good in it too.
1: That's the movie where like that the the stroller is like going down like the right, yeah, and there's a movie I think Naked Gun that like makes fun of it oh yeah where there's like a bunch of strollers going down <laughs> it's, hmm.
2: classic scene yeah um, it's a
1: classic scene yeah
2: there uh there's a bookkeeper who's basically going to be testifying against al capone about tax evasion and he's getting off the train and they know that he's gonna be potentially you know, there's gonna be a hit out on him right so, andy garcia i believe his name is um who's a young, young Andy Garcia in the movie. He's a, like this young hotshot kid, with uh who joins the force as well. And they, there's this woman, who like drops her baby like carriage because of all the noise and whatever. And the the, the carriage just slowly goes down the steps mm-hmm. while guns firing around it and bullets are going through. But the kid's okay at the end, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. It's so suspenseful because you know there's a gunfight going on.
2: It's really good. It's yeah. one of the best scenes in the whole movie. Oh so, yeah, for sure. But if you've never seen The Untouchables and you like mob movies, I recommend it. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. All right, we'll move on now to the fourth highest grossing movie of the year 1987. Three men and a baby. This was the idea for this movie. Is that it wasn't just one man. It was two men. It was three men and a baby. One of the things about this movie is for many, many, many years, many people, a lot of people apparently thought there was a ghost filmed in the background of one of the scenes, and it just ends up being a cardboard cutout of Ted, uh, mm-hmm. Ted Danza. Not Ted Danza. What's his name? Thinking of Tony Danza, what's his name? Becker. I don't know. Um, God, he's in. Career. No idea. Oh, he plays cheer um, He's the lead lead of Cheers. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Uh, Ted, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. That's it. Not Danza. Okay. Ted Danson. Yes. And Zen. So Ted Danson is uh, in it. I can't remember who else is in it. But isn't it Tom Selleck in it? Tom Selleck. Yeah. Yeah cardboard cutout of Ted dance in the background a lot of people thought it was a uh, a ghost um
3: yeah
2: number uh I, I i mean other than it being like just kind of like a, a funny comedy for the family
3: is that or, uh, go on is, is that the one where the baby's like going through a construction site and no that's baby's three... day out oh okay well that movie <laughs> sucks i don't i don't <laughs> i don't really remember uh three men and a baby uh, you probably. I mean, it's it's, for, it's forgettable, I'm sure.
2: Thing is, that it's three men and a baby in that one, but it's three men chasing a baby to hold them for ransom. This one is just them trying to take care of it, and right. men aren't doing those those. Uh,
1: <laughs> house-
3: oh, okay. It's funny because men are incompetent in that regard. Right. Okay, right. Yes. Yeah. It's
2: two, three guys to
3: change one diaper.
2: While the baby laughs, and you know men are like, oh, boy. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's stupid stuff. Um, all right, number three, the third highest grossing movie of the year 1987. Number three was the movie Platoon. Platoon. Um, this was an Oliver Stone film, I believe. Uh, yes. Um, we kind of talked about it for a moment last time. I don't we have to spend too much time on it now. So I think we talked about it in 86 because I put it down as a personal selection of mine. It just it did so well, it made it in the top 10. Of- right. So, um, pretty much, I think we talked about last time. We can just kind of move on. But, uh, number two was, uh, the movie fatal attraction. Have you guys seen that movie? Fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. Uh, <laughs> it's got, uh, the uh, Douglas. Yeah. Michael right. Douglas. And, uh, Oh, what's her name? Right. She played, she was Perala Deville and the live action honor one
3: Dalmatians. Um, uh, um, um, Cheryl, um, no, uh, um Emma, no uh, uh <laughs> no, no idea. No, I have no I I don't know. I don't know. God damn, that's gonna bug me. I have to look that up. Glenn Close. Yeah. Oh
2: okay. so, um Glenn Close is uh uh has an affair with Michael Douglas and she goes off the T Pen. Um because he basically like uses her and leaves her and uh this is a one night thing this is the sort of thing and you can't no one says no to me and all this stuff at one point one of the more famous scenes is that she takes their their family pet rabbit and puts it in a boiling boiling pot for them to walk home to and see that the oh, rabbit Jesus. is alive yeah um that was to get his attention i think it worked but um like it's it's it just gets crazy and crazy like it makes people like i think for like a little while there are people thought twice about having affairs. What if she wants to boil my dog you know, or cook him, you know, or something? Right. it's craziness. She just goes off, off the wall. Um, but she does an excellent job. She's fantastic in the movie.
3: Sounds uh, interesting. Actually. Yeah. That does but, sound pretty good. Actually.
2: Yeah. It was a, it was a good movie. I mean, I have seen it a couple times. So yeah,
1: it was number Reminds two. me of the gremlin in the blender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then the number
2: one movie of 19... I've never seen any of these movies. I've just never really wanted to. It's never... I don't... I'm not too big a fan of cop movies unless it's like a Scorsese cop film or something like that, I guess. Um, but Beverly Hills Cop 2 was the number one movie in terms of gross for the year 1987 hmm. and I've never seen any of them.
1: Huh,
3: yeah. Never, really
2: Beverly to.
1: Hills Ninja was good.
2: Yeah, Beverly Hills Ninja was mm. bad. Mm-hmm. But Beverly Hills Cop, not as good. And the second, the second one, so... Yeah, uh, again, you know, Eddie Murphy reprises his role. You got Judge Reinhold back again. Um, Same music. I'm pretty sure a much weaker plot. If I'm not mistaken, it wasn't as good as the first one. And there's a reason they never made a third one. Hmm. There was always
3: rumors that it was going to be made. Um, Yet it was the number one movie of 1987. That's interesting.
2: I would think that there's other ones that I would choose over that. But those are for my personal film selections of 1987. In which case, I have uh, a shit-ton of them. A shit-ton of them. I added one most recently.
0: With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up
3: here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law 18 plus, terms and conditions apply See website for details
2: Because I couldn't necessarily put it in worse movies Because there's a lot of worse movies too So, um, here we go uh, yeah, Personal collections of 1987 Starting it off, we've got RoboCop Oh, fuck yes I know you love this movie, Brad If you would it, like to um, Take the reins here and talk oh,
3: Alright, well what's there to say it's it's one of the one of the greatest movies ever made cinematic masterpiece if you don't if you don't agree with me watch it (laughs) and if you still don't agree with me shame on you indeed burning hail I almost don't want to say anything about it because it's fucking RoboCop period
1: well what if it speaks for itself
3: I would like to know what's it about you know and you just
1: watch it his recommendation is to just watch it pretty much (laughs)
3: No, it's a, would, it's, it, it's it's Paul Verhoeven i think i think it's his best movie it's like a it's a satire on like us like americans as a society um someone once called it like hyper america it's like take all the worst shit about our society and just blow it way out of proportion to like comical proportions
4: yeah
3: it's like oh americans love violence well Watch this robot like blast this guy into oblivion and his <laughs> chest just explodes and his back explodes. It's just blood exploding from both sides <laughs> of him and it's fucking beautiful. I, it's, it's just so awesome. Just so over the top. Um, It's like uh, like private privatization of a, like of a police force like this company buys the police force and they want to make all these robots to like mil- militar- militarize the police. And they're all like the Ed 209s a piece of shit. And there's like a little line where the guy's like, oh it doesn't matter we're just gonna sell them to the military. So that there's like that aspect of it. And it's about this uh Murphy, he like he gets turned into Robocop, so it's like a man trying to like find his humanity. So there's there's <laughs> kind of that aspect to it too.
2: Money layers what was it? Many layers to the movie.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not like a cinephile, so I can't really articulate my thoughts about all that. But <laughs> I say just watch the movie and like really watch it, and I love it. I think it's it's fantastic. It,
1: honestly, I think I should. I think I should watch because I've never really seen it. I just heard about it. I know a lot. I know about it. I've never seen it.
3: There's a there's a scene where a guy gets melted by toxic waste and his fingers, like, the skin starts coming off of him and his face, like, collapses and he's like, <laughs> and I think about that, like, once a week. Oh my like, God. It, it's burned in my brain. Like, right. it traumatized me at a very young age. I see. Same here. Um, all, but... Yeah, it's all practical effects, just yeah, like okay. Predator. All right. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. The there were a couple scenes in that movie that really like uh,
2: stuck with me as I got older. There's one in particular that, um, aside from the, <laughs> the toxic waste melting guy, that freaked the fuck me the fuck out. I was oh yeah out after I saw that. Especially he gets hit by a car and he turns into this green mush. It just yeah, like he like, he
3: explodes like a watermelon. Yeah, right.
2: Exactly. It's crazy. Um. So Murphy, the cop, they go to bust this guy. I can't remember. Basically, it's Red Foreman. It's the guy who plays Red Foreman in that. Yeah, 70- Kurt,
3: Kurtwood Smith. Yeah,
2: Kurtwood Smith is uh, his gang of guys. Uh, what, flea's not part of them? But the guy that looks kind of like Flea, the basis Flea, is the one who gets melted into.
3: Yes. Yes. Um,
2: but they're all there, and uh, Murphy and his partner—I can't remember her name—show up to take yeah, him yeah. down, and they catch Murphy, and uh, they uh, the scene in which they execute him is horrific to me. I watched that when oh, I was a yeah. kid. And they just take him, like, all right. And they step on his arm and they take a gun and they just blow off his arm. They, like, step on his arm and then just take a shotgun to it and blow it off. And then shoot him repeatedly and then shoot him in the head. And, like, it's just, like, he's just getting gunned to shit.
3: Oh, blood Yeah. Every... Uh, Crazy. Yeah, Kurt, Kurtwood Smith's character is, like, the most insanely, like, over-the-top evil villain. Because <laughs> yeah, he, blows, he blows his arm off. He's like, oh, let's give him a hand. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then, yeah. and then, yeah, and then at the end, he's just like, all right, everyone, fun's over, and just goes up and just shoots him in the head. And like, like it was nothing.
2: Yeah. Right. And that's, that's part of it too. When he blows off his hand, and he's like, let's give him a hand. Like the fact that he's joking about it freaked me out. Like it was a oh, whole, yeah. thing, like under the uh, control of someone else who's just torturing you. It was just, yeah. When I was a kid, I saw that. And I was like, God damn, that's, that's freaky. And so, um, yeah, the half man, half machine. He's basically just like his lower face and his brain
3: is what they save, pretty much. Uh, yeah,
2: and uh, you can see he has like flashbacks to his memories of when he, when he was living. You know, when he was a human. So he goes and visits his wife, or where his wife would live now, and all that stuff. And he's remembering while also being a robot. And it's it's actually it's really good movie, just like um, Lethal Weapon in ways. It's diminishing returns with every sequel. Oh, for sure. Um, but RoboCop, for sure. Excellent movie. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, another personal film selection of mine, I had Full Metal Jacket. Love this movie. Oh, yeah, so good, another great man. movie. Yep. Yeah. 87 is a good year for movies. Uh, it's also a good movie for really bad movies. It's like 87 giveth, 87 taketh away. is basically how it works. Full Metal Jacket, Kubrick film. Um, I think... I, the one guy who stands out the most in the entire film is the uh, sergeant, the the drill sergeant.
3: Um, yeah, Ar- Gunny.
1: Yeah,
3: Arlie the, Emery or whatever.
2: <laughs> and Kubrick doesn't like Ad Living, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think that's his name. Um, and but he loved the way this guy because he actually was a drill sergeant, if I'm not mistaken. So he had all, all yeah. these lines that he had heard. I one is like, I like you, pal, or something like that. He's like, I like you. I like you can come home and fuck my sister. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> He's like, how tall are you? And he's like, 5'10 or something. I didn't know they stacked shit that high. Just
3: crazy stuff all the time. Yeah. The, what does he say? Like, the days of fingering Mary J. Rotten Crotch are over? <laughs> something like that.
2: <laughs> oh, God. So fucking funny. And uh,
3: Bullshit. I bet you can suck a golf ball through a garden hose. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, Him talking to Pyle. Uh, He's so cruel to Pile. Um who's uh, played by Vincent. Uh, I can't remember his name. The guy plays plays, uh, the Kingpin and the Daredevil and other things as well. But he's excellent as that role. And at the end of boot camp, when he's just completely lost his fucking mind, because he can't help it. He is a slower individual. You know, he's going to bring the squad down. And that's one of the things they do in the army is in other places as well. But like if someone's bringing a whole squad down, they don't punish the person doing it. They punish the squad. So the squad takes it upon themselves to make sure that person is corrected. And mm-hmm. in Full Metal Jacket, I, well, one scene that I remember is like they they held him down and hit him with bars of soap, one at a time. Which even the person that was pi- that was helping Pyle, um, that really didn't. He was really hesitant to do it, but even him was just mm-hmm. like, "Come on, man, get yeah. your shit together." And he starts and hitting. soap. Yeah. <sighs> fucking crazy. You you know think For- of the Mickey Mouse theme and ever, ever the same again.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Crazy. I was going to say, that there's a whole war movie after all of this. Exactly. After all the boot camp stuff. Uh, any of the war
2: scenes stick out to you? There's one for me, but I'll see if you guys have any. Oh, the
3: sniper one?
2: Okay. Right. They're like, they're just waiting for us to get out there and take us out one by one. Right, just, yes. Like, screaming, help me! And they can't do anything about it.
1: Yeah. That yeah. really, uh, The really cocky guy and the M.G. Yeah. I like that guy. Um but yeah, that that was one of like the first rated R movies I watched as a kid. And I always thought the uh the scene of him killing the the sergeant was pretty wild. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like I just like, whoa, really? Like I it's so weird because like, you know, watching that in the, one of the first rated R movies, it's like um it feels like the movie should end around there. It feels like this movie's been a long time. Like, like at that point, you feel like you've been watching a whole movie. Like, but there's a whole other, like you said, like a whole other. Uh, it's like two films in one. It's pretty great.
3: Yeah, pretty
2: much. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very true. I mean, you get so caught up in the boot camp, like, yeah. and that, and he's just like in the bathroom. He's got his. This is my rifle. This is my gun. Yeah. And, he's just, and there's like, Pyle, What are you doing? Go back to bed, man.
1: Yeah. Loading it up. Right. Like, Sergeant and the sergeant hears it and he's like what the hell is
2: that? what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. are you out of your fucking mind get ass!" Yeah. staring death in the face and doesn't even realize it oh yeah. god right yeah because he didn't think any pile just shoots him crazy but excellent movie one of the best mm-hmm. war, war films i think ever so um full metal jacket definitely worth watch this next movie is a Uh, classic that a john hughes classic that i didn't watch up until a couple years ago and now i plan to watch it every thanksgiving the movie planes trains and Hmm. automobiles have you ever seen that? yeah of course i had not seen it like (laughs) years ago i know nick watched it it with him uh, and him and des for thanksgiving yeah so I'll, i'll let you guys go first uh nick since it's sort of fresh in your memory um yeah what is a I, you first back, maybe, <laughs> you think you know, highlight to you that stuck out or something? Is oh, something?
1: man, dude, there's uh, it's just so great. The that that dynamic between the two characters and how ridiculous uh, John Candy's character is. And, yeah, and yeah, and how uh, um, just how they interact with each other. And how he's actually just like a, a really good guy, meaning well, but always right. kind of accidentally fucking everything up, right? And making it worse for everyone. Oh, man. It's just, it's a classic, really. I wish that I watched this movie when I was younger, like a kid. So, you know, it, but uh, even still not doing that, it's um, it just feels nostalgic, like I've seen it before. For
4: sure.
3: Uh, Brad,
2: anything to add for uh, planes, trains, and automobiles?
3: Oh yeah, I mean Steve Martin, John Candy. Steve Martin's like this uptight kind of asshole, and yeah, John Candy's the well-meaning buffoon, and it, it's uh, yeah, they're a great combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I mean off the top of my head, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, the car rental scene where Steve <laughs> Martin just goes off on that lady. Uh-huh how many f-bombs and like oh yeah he's oh, just yeah. fucking this and fucking that i want my fucking car right fucking now yeah
2: and that lady her voice is fantastic she's hilarious uh, i think oh, she was oh, like god. life with louis who's like the mom she's got that real nice voice like this talks like that oh god i can't even do it but oh yeah and then at the end she's just like you're fucked <laughs> yeah. that's the thing is this movie couldn't be made today just get on your fucking cell phone man what are you talking about you know yeah. but like a bone there's not transport it's not even an uber mm-hmm. not,
3: you know planes, Any, train, automobiles. That's yeah it. and it's uh i mean how many thanksgiving movies are there a lot that lie. are like classic you know yeah this there's might one. this might be the only one i don't know i think that's uh, true
2: yeah I, so i like i said i've seen that movie a couple of years ago and then i watched it again <laughs> last year last thanksgiving but um really good one of the scenes that, I mean, just that stuck out to me. The reason I watched the movie actually, so I was watching a documentary about John Candy, because I love John Candy. Uh, I just thought he was fantastic. Really funny guy. Really oh, yeah. what wonderful <laughs> person. Wonderful person. Um, it's a shame. I really wish he'd gone to live longer. Because I would, one of those celebrities that if I ever got chance, I'd love, love to have met John Candy. Um, yeah. But there's a scene where he's, uh, and I believe it's actually, they had interviewed Steve Martin for this documentary about him. And Steve Martin said, you could tell, um, it, it always seemed like John had like a little bit of a broken heart with him. Like there was something he was always trying to make sure he didn't let anyone down all the time. Like, he did John Hughes films like throughout the 80s. It's basically what made him a big star. But he would even do like, he did Home Alone for free. He'd work for about 72 hours or whatever it was. Maybe it's 24 hours. No, it's 24. I'm sorry. 24 hours straight. No sleep. Ad-libbed like every line in Home Alone and mm-hmm. then went home. Um but like John Candy, there's a scene that he does in Planes, Trains and Automobiles when um <laughs> Steve Martin's going off on him. And he's like, Here's the thing, have a point when you tell a story. He's, <laughs> these little inane uh, uh, you know, observations that no one cares about. You're like, how can you stand it? Well, I've been with Del Griffith or something like that, you know, and all that stuff. And after this long tirade of him just ripping him to shreds, yeah. John and he comes back with, I think, is probably the greatest line in the movie where he's just like, um, like, you wanna, he's like, you wanna attack me? Go ahead. Go ahead if it makes you feel better. <laughs> oh, God. I wish I could, like, verbatim, like, just recite it, but he's just like, sure. a, um, yeah, I talk a lot. I also listen too much. Maybe I talk too much, but I also listen too much. And I don't like to be cynical. I could be cynical like you, but I don't like to hurt people's feelings, you know? And he's just going off. He's like, my, my customers like me. My wife likes me because I'm the real deal what you see is what you get. And then it comes in with this awesome musical score. And then he goes, and... <laughs> <laughs> right. So he's like, he drops the mic and so It's a really mm-hmm. good. scene." Mm-hmm. And it's it scene, is yeah, Steve Martin was talking about this. John candy does that so well. It's like, he's tapping into something that himself has had to endure,
3: Right. Growing up and whatnot. So um, yeah, if you've never in his heart, Oh start. yeah. I don't want to spoil the ending. Like John oh. candy's actual situation. So yeah, it's, absolutely worth the watch so
1: yeah yeah
2: classic movie probably one of my favorite john hughes films if not my favorite john hughes film. all right uh now my favorite mel uh mel brooks film i love this fucking movie love it um the movie Spaceballs. oh <laughs> man yes Spaceballs. um i've got a whole shit ton of stuff i could talk about an insane amount of stuff so but i will wait Nick, do you have any uh, highlights from Spaceballs?
1: Highlights from Spaceballs? The whole movie. The whole movie. I know. The whole movie, except, except uh, of Dot Matrix. (laughs) Uh, Dot Matrix probably the worst character. Uh, Like, why have that? You could honestly take away Dot Matrix, and all of the lines, and the movie would would be better. I think actually, like it would still be fine. I actually think it makes it worse. It's just annoying, just like a little. Uh, um, but who, who am I to say? I'm not. I you know, Spaceballs is, is legendary. Um oh, yeah. God, I can't. I, I can't even give you maybe okay. The combing the desert, right? <laughs> you know how or how, and he's like talking to the guy next to him. And he's talking to Colonel Sanders next to him. You know, Dark helmet with the megaphone. Mm-hmm. He's right next to him, but then he doesn't use the megaphone and he yells out to the guys in the field. You guys find anything yet? Yeah. Uh, it's it's just why wouldn't you know? Anyway, um, or the beeps, the sweeps, the creeps, um, you know the stunt doubles. Oh right? God! Uh, all of the the merchandise, the the lunchbox, the 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 doll, the flamethrower.
5: Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More
5: than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
5: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
5: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yeah, like, you know, just like uh, Raspberry. Who, who would give me Raspberry? Lone Star. Uh, the coffee, Mr. Coffee, Mr. Radar. <laughs> uh, man. Um, or the happening now. This is happening now. You know, when will then be now? That's a soon. That. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, when there's an evacuation at the end and it's talking, there's this voice in the back, you know, like on the intercom talking about closing things down and what to do. There's like a three ring circus they're closing down in there. Uh, apparently, um, closed down the three ring circus. Uh, but yeah, there's. Um, I like at the beginning when the ship. It's just this. It just goes on forever. Right. It's like fucking eight minutes or something just for. And oh, yeah, the, yeah, the ship is super super long. Yeah. Right, and the score that goes with it, um, and the and the look of the ship. You think mm-hmm. that it's always going to end. That's the best part about that. You think, "Oh, okay, here's the end of the ship," and the then jumble? it just goes. <mumbles> da, 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 da. Yeah. Or <laughs> what the says on the back? Uh, we stop for no one. I think we break for no one. We break for no yeah. one. Yeah.
3: On oh, the the beginning title crawl at the very end, it's like if you can read this, you don't need glasses. You don't need glasses. It's like far yes. in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Such Brad, a great film you got any oh, I, aside from all the okay there's there's one little scene that always cracked me up it's like a nothing scene but they they capture uh oh the princess's like car ship and uh dark helmet's like uh the guard like walks in front of him and dark helmet says like no i will take care of this personally and the guard comes back up to him and he goes yavol lord helmet like this German, like Nazi stormtrooper kind of thing. <laughs> right. and he just and he just does this slow turn to like look at him, like what the fuck. <laughs> and that, that I don't know. It cracks. me. it's just like the timing of it and just how slowly right. he looks over at him, like what did mm-hmm. you just say? Um, that that's a, that, that's all I really got because the whole movie is yeah, just I mean, hilarious, I, I can quote ludicrous speed, ludicrous they've speed. Go, they've gone to plaid. <laughs> they've gone to plaid.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: uh yogurt instead of yoda you know
3: you would sprinkle the moisturizing moisturizing okay. so um i for- hate yogurt <laughs> Sprinkle um
2: the the reason that they made that joke about merchandising is that George Lucas so this is for people who don't know in case in case you guys don't know um as well uh the reason that they have all those merchandising jokes is because George Lucas gave the okay to make a star wars parody but he wasn't that Mel Brooks wasn't allowed to sell any toys for the movie. So he had to keep that. There was absolutely no. Right.
1: He's so- able to do that as long as he doesn't make sell merchandise from it.
2: Right. So in yeah. the movie, they're like merchandising.
1: That's where we get all the
2: <laughs> money. Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. Ser-
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh, God. Uh- I just... Uh-
3: I love that movie so much, I mean, man. God damn it. So many movies. A, a, another scene with uh, Michael Winslow and the sound effects. Right. Yeah. But when he's like, creeps. He, yeah, he comes, uh, I forget how it's set up, but he's like. Yeah. having trouble with voice. the radar, sir. What? Yeah.
1: having trouble with the radar, sir. And then he, and puts then he the sma- radio. Yeah.
3: And then he <laughs> says it again, still with the. Roo, 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 Same so, way. And, then, yeah. and then he like smashes everything around. Him. <laughs> 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 and you can see Michael Winslow laugh. You see his shoulders like jump right. up and down because he's laughing. Yeah. yeah the bleeps, it. the creeps, and the sweeps. The what? The what? And the what? That's not all he's lost. Yeah. That's
2: not all he's yeah. lost.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Uh, is everyone so on good. here an asshole? Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm surrounded by assholes. Yeah. Keep firing, assholes. Be careful, sir. Fire, I said. the Fire laser up, or upper nose, not or not not. Yeah, not up
2: it. And or the mega made. made? He shows yep. up his Pfizer uh, and he's like, "Sorry, sir." And he sees it. He's cross-eyed. Yeah, cross-eyed, yeah. She's she's I gone from
3: that. suck to blow. Yeah, God. Mega Main. <laughs> God. Um. So it's for so me,
2: ridiculous. Throw out a few scenes here for me that I mean, sure. it's a fantastic movie. Well,
3: we could quote the entire movie, probably. Absolutely. Just I was going to say yeah, yeah. Pizza
1: the Hut eating himself.
3: Oh God!
1: Yeah. he ate because <laughs> he can't get out of his limo. That's <laughs> a lot
3: apparently.
2: <laughs> That, actually, that whole costume like, caused like, second-degree burns on the actor.
1: Yeah, I heard Ooh. about that.
3: It was a yeah. horrible thing to wear.
2: So, uh, it was oh, because it had
3: to be hot enough to melt whatever was on the outside, right. so it dripped it actually, off?
2: Like, cheese and stuff. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's a couple scenes. that One that sticks out to me in Spaceballs I always think about is John Candy. Uh, this is a hell of a year for John Candy. Spaceballs and planes and trains. So. Right. Um, they said, "Uh, she's a princess from Druidia. Druidia, great. That's all we need, a Druish princess. <laughs> and then John Candy looks at the camera, and he knows this line is absurd. He knows yeah. it. He knows it's fantastic, too, because he can't help but laugh, and he's got that smirk on his face. He just looks at the camera and says, funny. She doesn't look Druish. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good. I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. Like the, the scene where Nick was talking about with the desert. You find anything yet? oh, sir, what about you? No, you? And it's these two black guys with a pick, yeah. Which, you know, and they're like, we ain't
1: found shit.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, because
1: like, uh, we, don't you think what's being too literal, sir? No, I said comb the desert, so we're combing it. <laughs> <laughs> what's the matter, Colonel
2: They're literally using combs. Yeah, it's so good. All right. I, I mean, I love Spaceballs. I could talk about that movie for hours. So. Oh, yeah. All right. We will now move the luggage. I
1: still use the luggage scene. Oh yeah, for sure the luggage. <laughs> one, one, two. I love the suspense too because you are like one, one, sir, one, two, two, five. Oh, so great.
2: One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> an idiot, idiot would on their luggage. And then the president walks in. Amazing! I've got the same combo in my luggage. And they look. Yeah. <laughs> so good. All right, uh, another top movie for 1987. I got Eddie Murphy's Raw. A Probably one of the best comedy specials ever um, made all sorts of money uh, Yeah, revered among comedians to this day. Uh, another top movie of 1987, uh, The Running Man Or sorry, not top movie necessarily personal picks. It should have been a top movie. Yes. The Running Man personal pick for 1987. Uh, a lot of classic Schwarzenegger one liners in this film. Well, of course. I
3: uh, just I mean, nice. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but since it's Schwarzenegger, and it's in the '80s. It's awesome. Oh yeah, I can't believe I still
2: have so many more movies to get through. We talked about this. <laughs> this is going to be a long section here. Um, yeah, The Running Man is uh, based off a Stephen King novel, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, actually, the movie is better than the book, I hear. So, watch the movie. This is the rare occasion that that's actually the case. And I can't remember who's the who's like the guy who's like in charge of the whole thing.
3: Oh, he was. Like, he's well known, respected. Fuck. Yeah, he was an actual game show host. Right. I think it was the guy who hosted uh something Dawson? Richard Dawson. Yeah.
2: Richard Dawson, uh, host the Family Feud, like the original host. Um Yeah, that's funny. He's in The Running Man. Uh another t- a movie personal pick of mine, another personal pick, movie Wall Street. Never seen it, it's pretty good. Um I think it's also another Oliver Stone film. So, man, he was just making movies all the time. Um it does what's it? Charlie Sheen and uh and Martin not, Sheen, right? Martin Sheen? Yeah. Yeah, Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen and uh this kid, he's like an up and comer broker, stock exchange guy, and he uh he swindles his way, swindles his way into the inner circle of uh, Gordon Gecko, the the main character in that movie, I guess you could say, or the main antagonist. Uh, and they do some shady business and things kind of fall apart at the end. And he learns some valuable lessons, but it's actually not a bad movie. Um, let's see here. We got uh let's see another one. Um, or sorry, I lost my face. Oh, this one again. It's like I said, this is going to be a while. <laughs> this movie is fantastic. I love it. Another personal selection of 1987, the princess bride, the princess That's, bride. Oh yeah. Love this movie. It's so good. I remember the it's title so when I was a kid in high school is like 15 16 years old mm-hmm. high school um the princess bride i heard the title and i was like i don't watch that The princess right Rockies. same here yep yep like it sounds like a chick like i mean not that it, you know wrong, but i don't I'm it's not really it. up the alley yeah i'm not the de- no you need to watch this chris and sure enough i love this movie it's so good um it is any scene from it that sticks out we'll just do
1: one sure <laughs> balls, but like, um i got one um Probably my favorite, huh? I was gonna say, it's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Uh, is when they they are they have like the poison, you know, and he's talking about, Did I switch to poison? You know, you don't know if I turn if I move the cup or you know, while you weren't looking, you know, and all that. (laughs) Oh man, that's
3: that whole scene is great. Um, Brett. You
2: had anything to add? Um,
3: no, I don't really have anything. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I just remember inconceivable, and then uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you know what this. Yeah, what well, was? Is. He... Yeah, exactly. There, yeah. and then Andre the Giant was in that movie too. Right, which, right. You know, oh, okay. it's nice to see that guy. I remember when they they hit him with like the the end of the sword, like the hilt or
1: whatever. Um, they like hit him with it. They actually did that. Uh, he got injured in that movie. Really? Oh, yeah, I read, I read that LJ, somewhere. Actually, yeah. yeah. Interesting, I I don't know if I ever heard that.
2: Um, But uh, Nigo Montoya, you killed my father. (laughs) To die, and then I keep saying, "Stop saying that." (laughs) He keeps going after him. Uh, And Billy Crystal's in that movie. He's one of the first Mm -hmm. things that he's in, like uh, as an extra. I guess he was making everyone laugh so much that they um, Carrie ooze or whatever his name is, the guy who plays the the dreaded Carrie Elways or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. stop laughing so they had to cut him out of the movie essentially like they just had to focus on billy crystal not show him on camera at all because they couldn't stop laughing that's uh, great i just the movie's so good um it is yeah. fred savage and the i think it's peter o'toole i think reading him the book we're gonna read you about princess buttercup what that? Yeah, so all that stuff, and so it's stuff. he starts reading the story and um yeah that's just a, a timeless classic I hope they never remake it. Just leave it alone. Yes. One of those things I worry about people remaking. I think I see them doing it, and it's just gonna suck. For sure. Personal selection of mine. uh The movie "Batteries Not Included." You guys ever see this movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's good. Classic, it's good. dude. It's good. Special effects too. Those little robots. I always wanted one so bad when I saw it growing up. uh If you remember anything about that movie, uh, feel free. Go ahead. Uh, um,
3: it's just right. like a dilapidated apartment building, and all these like little cute little UFO robot guys show up, and somehow they save the apartment building at the end. I don't know. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Probably, I, I remember the- renting it a lot. They were gonna get right. the apartment building was gonna be demolished, right? Yeah, it, and they end
2: up like fixing it up and doing like making it so it doesn't need to be anymore. Um, and there was like some sort of criminal, some sort of guy who like goes in there and I think he he like really like hurts one of the like the baby robots, so you're worried that it's dead and like one of the people goes to try and fix it even though he's alien technology how the fuck is he gonna do so um but yeah battery's not included i thought was a really a good wholesome little movie um
1: (laughs) better ones of the 80s have you seen that movie nick yeah man long time ago um i loved it when i was a kid uh i thought it was really good all right um i just i just couldn't honestly tell you anything about it because you know, was, it has been so long right, right. Like, same here I was I was a kid like a little kid all right we got six movies left
2: here all right this one's a I'm gonna recommend it because I do think it's the best probably the best one if not the second best one um, I'm gonna recommend the movie Ernest goes to camp <laughs> oh, I'm gonna recommend Jesus it Christ. Ernest goes to camp it's not terrible it's not the worst movie there's much worse, worse, worse. <laughs>
3: I uh, I know I've seen it. I don't remember a thing about it. They kind of all blend together, right? Uh, he sings a song
2: in this. I know that. Sure, I'm glad it's raining. And he's like, because he's like all upset because they're like, you ruined everything, Ernest. You know, it's one of those things where it's the low point for right. Ernest in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he comes back. I remember at the end of the movie, there was some Native American fellow who was telling him about some Native American warrior back in the day about how he couldn't be shot or something and turn up. There's someone with a gun pointing it at Ernest and he shoots Ernest, but nothing happens. Oh uh, yeah. He starts moving towards him in like these weird movements because it's
1: Ernest. And then just, like,
4: <laughs> back,
2: like dubbed over what the guy was talking about with this native American warrior. I don't know. Um, I vaguely
1: remember a like lawnmower just always going around, like erratically going everywhere in the background. Yes. This-
2: Constantly the whole time. Yeah,
1: right. I remember um, there was the
2: it become Bobby. Um, it, it's not yeah. the original. It's not the, the funny looking guy from Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> but it's the bigger fella. He's the same guy in like every movie. He just keeps playing like a different character or something. Or maybe it's the same name. But uh, they were making this food and it looked awful. It was like this goop that they're giving to the children. And people are throwing up from it. I remember thinking, like, I never wanted to eat whatever the hell that was. It looked gross. Um, but Ernest Goes to Camp is a, another one of those little wholesome little movies. Uh, not bad. Um, but, you know, for the time, it was pretty good. It basically started off Ernest's. It did so well that um, guaranteed him another movie in uh, next year, which is makes my worst movies of the year list. So look out for that. Oh, lovely. Read, uh, another uh, personal selection of mine, Raising Arizona. Coen oh Rose. yeah, uh, definitely. Nicolas Cage. Uh, highlight of that movie, Nick?
1: Well, I th- I'd say that the uh, yeah, I love that movie. Actually, I'd say that the highlight of that movie is actually that Nicholas. Ca- it's a movie that Nicholas Cage that I like. The I think the only one, and it has a lot to do with the Cohen Brothers and uh, star cast, for sure. Um, it's just really good, man. Have you seen it, Brad?
3: Uh yeah, once a long time ago. I don't really remember anything about it. It's, a oh, Nicholas Cage and his wife, like, steal a kid, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: because yeah, um, they want one, basically. Yeah.
3: Right, right. Yeah, that's all I remember. So, yeah, I got nothing. John
1: John Goodman, young
2: John Goodman's in it. Oh,
3: very
4: young.
2: Yep. Yeah. Started off him and the Coen brothers collaboration, which I am eternally grateful for, as I'm sure oh, he absolutely. is. All right. right. Well on to uh, another movie less than zero another personal selection of mine less than zero uh based mm-hmm. off the of brian Os easton ellis i think his name is brian easton ellis guy who did uh american psycho also wrote the book for that um but less than zero stars robert downey jr um and some other people that i don't remember but robert downey jr does really good in this role. i think he won was nominated for an award if he didn't win one for this role um hmm. basically about yuppie children uh, living in like California, and how the lives differ after high school graduation, or whatever after graduating high school, and um, get involved in heavily in drugs and get addictions, and others go off to college and come back and see that their friends aren't the same, and uh, it's the post high school. With
0: the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Life. The year's, you know, 19 to 24 or whatever. Um, but it's actually, it's a really good book. And it's not a bad movie. It's pretty good. Um, I recommend it. Another movie I recommend if you haven't seen. Fantastic. Uh, the movie Evil Dead 2. My favorite Evil Dead movie. Yes, excellent. It. Fantastic. Uh, it's basically Evil Dead One. They just brought Ash back with less people—just him and his girlfriend this time—who bites the bullet, or you know, that she's dead by the first. Right, and they they turn it into a comedy as well. Immediately, oh god, it's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite uh, scene is probably when his hand gets possessed, and he's uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gonna chop it off, and he starts like doing it. He's like, "Who's laughing now?" He's like, <laughs> That off his head. Oh, so fucking hilarious. And, uh, you're cool. in the water where it's like this weird trippy stuff. It's really cool. Uh, the way that they film that Sam Raimi. Go on. Sorry.
3: Oh, yeah. The weird trippy stuff. Like when he, uh, oh, when he, like, turns into, like, a zombie or whatever. You, or before he does, so you see, like, the moon in the background. And it's gigantic. Yes. And it's, like, really weird. And, uh, I love the part where the whole cabin is going crazy. Like, the the mounted, like, deer head is, like, laughing at... Everything is laughing at him, basically. And he's like... Ah! And he, like, dances with the lamp, because the lamp's bobbing up and down, so he, like, bobs up and down with it, and then just laughs maniacally. And, and then, of course, when he... uh, He attaches the chainsaw to his arm, and he just goes... Oh, he just goes groovy. Groovy. Yep.
2: Yep. At the end of the movie... It sets it up for a, a sequel, which became Army of Darkness. Right. He gets pushed out into like the Middle East, and he's got
1: like a shotgun in his hand for uh, a chainsaw Yeah, burn. that's the one that I remember the most. That movie that is, so, is so over-the-top ridiculous. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it, though, man. That oh, I love that. Uh, I may be bad, but I...
2: <laughs>
1: Good. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> All right, listen up, you primitive screwheads.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, this uh,
1: is my boomstick.
2: <laughs> yep. Two more here. I almost felt bad about... I might take this... No, I'm going to leave it in. Because it did come out in 1987, although it was December of 1987. And it became yep. a top 10 movie of 1988. Uh, an all-time classic. 87 was a great movie. Great year for movies. This movie is called Good Morning Vietnam.
5: Good morning, Oh, Vietnam.
2: man. Robin yeah. Williams at his peak. I mean, those ad-lib scenes where he's just bullshitting are fantastic. Yeah. Um, everything about that movie, I mean, it's just really good. It's really well done. Uh, it gives you a different perspective on uh, the Vietnam War from people in Vietnam um, and the horrors that they had to endure as well as the horrors that the American soldiers had to endure. And everyone else, which is a horrible whole thing. Um, really uh, just, I mean, I can't really think of or pick out one scene in particular that's really funny to me. I like the fact how bad the guy's name is Bruno Kirby. The actor's name is Bruno Kirby. He plays in like City Slickers and whatnot, but he's like the comedian. That's not funny. And he's like, I can do comedy. Kronhauer thinks he can do co- I can do comedy. And he gets, he's fucking terrible, terrible can't, he can't, he's not funny at all. And that's what cracks me up is how bad he is. He does. He's really funny. He's so, he's so good at it that, he, you know, being unfunny that you, you could tell he's actually a funny person. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, uh, I can't really pinpoint one scene in particular that stuck out to me, but like, it's just a, a really good movie overall. Uh, do you guys remember good morning Vietnam? Anything that stuck out uh, to you?
3: No. Cause I've never seen it.
2: Never seen good morning Vietnam. Wow. Oh, you need to watch that. Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: I can't. I can't watch all the movies. I, well, I'm watching RoboCop all the time.
2: Repeat.
1: It's, it's, it's one across. of
3: those movies <clears throat> that I
1: haven't seen since I was really young, and that I haven't revisited. That I need to revisit. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, oh, and okay. I I loved it though. It was good. Horace Whitaker's in it.
2: He's like oh, a nice, really, uh, like immediately meets Cronin. Robin Williams is is like he's just cooler than everyone else in the film. Like everyone else is all kind of mm-hmm. worried about their position, their jobs and all that. And he just walks in casual, cool and calm collected sort of deal. Just gets on the mic and good morning, Vietnam. He starts talking about all the stuff that happened. Like one of the things that they did to keep morale up for these soldiers in Vietnam is they would cut out what actually happened in Vietnam. So when they would do the, over the news report, you know, they would talk about, you know, 20 soldiers were killed yesterday in an attack on, Blah, blah, blah. Um, they were intercepted at this point or uh, ambushed. They'd cut that out. Instead, they would only give you good news. And Kronhauer was just kind of like, why aren't we talking about this? We need to tell them what's going on. They don't need to know that. And so he gets pissed off and decides to just do it anyway. And then gets taken off the air. Oh, right. Um, and it's just a bunch of that going back and forth. And hmm. uh, it's, it's really good. Really good. Um, I, I highly recommend it. All right. And now, Okay. I've been waiting since we started doing the podcast, since its inception, and I thought about talking about movies, and I realized all the movies that I would get to talk about. And mm-hmm. I, I was waiting and waiting. For
3: this. Oh, yes. is, this, is, this this is this the is one? This is the one? This is it. Okay. Yep. I hope I've seen it. I don't I don't know what we're going towards here. I've chosen it to put it
2: in personal film selections of 1987, because although it's not good, I know it's not good. It's it not deserves the worst. Terrible. It could be the worst. <laughs> but the thing is, there's actually a movie that's worse. And it's worse because it's also not funny. And it's just bad. You know? Yeah, sure. At least this movie is fucking hilarious and mm-hmm. how bad it is. Um, that movie, I'm on the edge of my seat here. That movie is called Miami Connection. Miami oh, Connection. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nominally funny and awful movie. Uniquely terrible. In Troll 2 uh, arena or the room, honestly, right up oh, there. Oh, yeah. Birdemic, right up there. It's oh, up yeah. there. And it's maybe the funniest out of all of them,
1: honestly. Right. It may be one of the greatest. It's so the greatest.
2: greats. <laughs> so, the plot of the movie <laughs> is uh, there's a group of uh, martial arts, martial artists. They're in a rock band, a rock ban martial arts group taekwondo oh, yeah. um fights crime reasons against the group of ninjas who drive motorcycle so the motorcycle ninjas which mm. a ninja you think would have to be quiet but no right and then, you know what kind of motorcycles they drive kawasaki ninjas they drive those mm. i looked i was like i know there's a kawasaki ninja and that looks like that could be it and sure enough it is so the ninjas are driving ninjas loud ass ninjas um, it's really strange. <laughs> Got like a there's like a scene where there's a bunch of bikers and there's a bunch of topless women, and it doesn't make any sense. The editing, oh, yeah. Is just, it, it's the, there's the same. So there's a guitar player in the <laughs> band for the 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 Fun Loving the Super Friends or whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, the guitar player wrote a bunch of songs, actual songs that they use in the movie repeatedly. But they use them, and they sing it like there's the entire song they'll sing. You'll, the, the entire scene is the song itself them just performing it and the songs are corny um but they're they're also kind of catchy and earwormy and um i recommend giving it a listen you can listen to it on i'm guessing spotify
1: i know you can listen to it on youtube music but uh, Miami- i remember yeah i remember in that uh bar in that scene what you're talking about like the motorcycles and stuff i think it's i think it's this movie right there he's in the, he's in the bar he's wearing like a leather jacket He has someone like light a cigarette for him. Looks like he's having a good time, you know. But uh, oh man, trying to like blend in and be tough, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And it looks so like off and lame. And it's just, it's great. It's great. It's, it's, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Star, the main, the head of the whole
2: movie, I believe is the person who produced it. And directed it, I believe, as well, and starred in it. He's actually a decent martial artist, the taekwondo like champion, but
3: like he doesn't like English is like his fourth language. Right, I remember that from the movie. Yeah, him, him having a real hard time with the lines and just being a terrible actor overall.
2: <laughs> One of the guys in the group looks like our friend Davy, like identical. Oh yeah, he looks like Davy. Right. I pointed that out to him. I don't know if he's ever seen that movie, but he needs to because he looks <laughs> most like Davy. Um, uh, it, it, there's a one scene where there's the they're all shirtless. They have pants on, but they all have their shirts off for reasons. And uh, he's like, "We we got this letter in the mail," and they give it to this guy. And he's like, "Oh, it's for me. Oh my God, my dad is alive,
1: or he's dead or something. I can't really think. His dad is dead, he's dead yeah. or alive. right? It, no, no, he died. He's he's like so." now we're all orphans (laughs) right yeah
2: so random because like all the guys are just hanging out in the background not doing anything they're just kind of staring blankly ahead while the cameras rolling and then the the other guy the the black friend he gets with the shirt off is just like really trying for an oscar here as he's like looking into right i just wish that my father was here to see it's okay (laughs) we are here for you (laughs) (laughs) i love it it's so fucking funny and the yeah. entire movie is just like, Friends forever, we to win. <laughs> yeah. Do-do-do.
3: It's it's all kind of coming back to me a little bit. So fucking I, funny. Think, I think I only watched it once like eight or ten years ago. I showed it. I had to have showed it to you. I think you showed it to me. I think we probably watched it together Probably. In my old apartment. Yep.
2: So, the, the, the origin of this story um, for me, before we move on to the worst movies, because obviously this can't be it, um, but I was at uh, I was at my house or something. Like that. I was at the home at the time, and Timmy came over, and we were just like, "Oh, we're gonna hang out, just whatever, and smoke a little uh, smoke a little doobies," and then uh, decided to watch something. And we're scrolling through Netflix, and Timmy's got the controller, and he looks and he sees this thing, and he starts laughing. And I look at it, and he's like, "We read the synopsis together, and it was like a group <laughs> of motorcycle ninjas are fight against this rock band group called Dragon Sound Martial Arts Rock Group." And I was like, "What the fuck? We're watching that?" And sure enough, we <laughs> loved every second of it. Just died laughing the entire time. I was so happy about that I discovered this movie. My next day at work, I go to tell my friend uh, right. working at the time. And I was like, hey, man, I got to talk. He's like, I got to talk to you. And he, he starts to discuss, telling me that he saw this movie last night. And go figure, it was Miami Connection. We were literally talking about the same. We had watched the exact <laughs> same movie unbeknownst to one another the night before. And we could not wait to tell each other. at work. It was the same fucking movie. I love All that. Right oh so, yes yeah. Miami connection uh the top best worst movie of the eighties and uh my last pick for nineteen eighty seven uh we'll now get to the worst movies of nineteen eighty seven the first one I got Harry and the Hendersons Harry and the Hendersons oh
1: Jesus
2: now, that's that's like
3: some kind of that's like a sasquatch <laughs> terrifying. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> just terrifying harry the uh the, uh, the
2: uh, fellow there um is creepy as hell. Just hanging out with the Hendersons, having a getting getting a wacky situations and all that stuff. Mm. Um, oh yeah, another terrible Worst movie of 1987. One of the worst movies. Uh, overboard. I just hate the fucking plot of this movie. It's so stupid. Essentially, there's this guy. His name is I think it's Kurt Douglas. He's cleaning like this sh- yacht for this woman, this rich socialite who's a prick or bitch or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And she, during like a storm or whatever, maybe not even a storm, she falls overboard. He picks her up. He rescues her, but she loses her memory, so she doesn't know who she is. So then he pretends that she's his wife, and they he takes advantage of her. And uh, Jesus,
3: that's, yep, overboard. It's a, yes. it's a comedy. Comedy. That, that's a comedy.
2: Yeah, and so like, I read. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Movie? this is fucking. Stupid. I mean, when you
3: think about it, it is a pretty hilarious situation. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: pretty hilarious. Uh, oh, okay, here we the. <laughs> uh, these next four movies are uniquely terrible. Like, they're bad, but they're funny sometimes. But the last one is not neither. Um, but the the four remaining worst movies of 1987, Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren, the He-Man movie. Uh, if you've never seen this, I can't say I fully recommend it, but I can't say I don't recommend it at the same time. Let's see if you like it. Masters of the Universe, Dolph Lundgren, oh. Cox. Um, yeah, that's
3: a that's a canon film, and they were yes. notorious in the 80s for being super cheap and bad. And it is. It is both super cheap and bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've never, never seen I've ne- it.
3: I've never seen it, but I know a girl whose dog was named after the dog in that movie or the c- creature in that movie, like G- Gwildor or something like that.
2: Oh, I remember. I know the creature, but I don't remember the name. But, yeah. Um, the, that's all I know about that movie. Cosmic Key, they need to. Traverse time or something. I don't know. Um, but it's it's obviously it's a movie based off the cartoon. Uh, Dolph Lundgren coming off Rocky IV and all the hype for that. Thinking he's going to be doing these big movies. He's got like the number one toy selling cartoon in the entire United States. He's thinking it's going to be great. And it's a complete shit show. It's a terrible mm-hmm. fucking movie. From beginning to end, it's terrible. I know people that love that movie. I know a friend of mine. The first time I ever saw it was uh, I went to college, and the uh, they had some like week long party, and after one of the nights, and I was there. I woke up, and the next morning we we got breakfast and watched Masters of the Universe at the apartment, and I was like, "This is a terrible, fucking movie." All right,
3: all right. So, so G- it was the little dwarf guy. Gwildor. Yeah, Gwildor. Okay, which the that. dog looked nothing like that. So I don't know. I don't know what the hell she was thinking, but okay. Yeah. Um another top terrible or another worst movie
2: of 1987. We've got the movie over the top, over the top with Sylvester Stallone, where he goes to arm wrestling competitions and wrestles people arms wise. And that's, that's the whole
3: movie. Fucking stupid. It's an arm wrestling competition. Oh my Best God. Part. That's an, that's another canon movie.
2: Yep. Over the top fucking terrible. Um, now, now this next one I'm, I'm going to talk about for a minute here only because of the most recent video we've put out. Excuse me. Jaws 3D, uh, which is doing quite well, I should say. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, Not too bad. It's only four minutes and 40 seconds, so, you know, it's not too long, so if you don't like it, just bear with me. Um, But anyway, this next movie, if you haven't already guessed, one of the worst movies of 1987 in a very strong field, Uh, but that movie is Jaws 4, The Revenge. Mm. We kind of, about this movie for a minute uh back in 83 83 yeah yeah but um just to reemphasize this i guess the i looked into it because i've been getting videos about jaws and whatnot on my youtube yeah the the book for this movie basically the shark is possessed by a voodoo uh person person who specializes
1: okay great yeah of course voodoo voodoo The Uh, yeah. yeah. But the voodoo magic
2: on the shark because Mm. Michael Brody um, did something to this person's family and uh, whether inadvertently or not, I don't remember, but I don't remember being like that big of a deal. But the person took offense to it and decided to uh, use this shark as a way to get back at the Brody family. And so that's why the shark decides to follow them to the Bahamas in the book. That's the reason. In the movie, none of that is explained or anything of the sort. The shark just shows up. It's like, how many times we have to kill this fucking thing? And is it the same shark, the revenge? Are the, are there multiple sharks all getting together? Is there a family? I remember as a kid,
5: Plus.
2: we would make the own like john might remember this but like jaws 4 the, that was the dad jaws 2 was a kid jaws 3 was the mother because they talk about the mother now jaws 4 is like the the other son of the daughter or whatever it is you know that that's the last one it's this family of sharks that they're all getting killed off one at a time you know so it's the revenge that's the way we thought about uh-huh. it in our head. that's sure, why sure. they would why wouldn't they hold a grudge but like a fish holding a grudge is so ridiculous and traveling to warm water is ridiculous the whole movie is stupid it doesn't make any sense and maybe the dumbest thing about the entire thing is the growling <laughs> it's the <laughs> where they shock the shark and it's like and it jumps out yeah. of the it just hangs there it's like fucking yeah. <laughs> michael kane in the background It gotta hit it It gotta hit it let's go i not taught it Ellen, look out it's the shark and it's stupid then the shark blows up <laughs>
1: The yeah, like shark always blows up. I know they have to have the shark. <laughs> it literally blows up all the time, How else you going to kill it. Yeah, yeah. it's got to blow up, yeah.
2: Even though there's nothing, you know, explosive in it. But, you know, blow it up in the, in the, I can't remember which. <laughs> there's a couple different ending versions they had. One of them did not test well, so they changed it. So there's, like, a couple different endings to Jaws for the Revenge. There's even a made-for-TV ending to Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. Um, but Jaws 4, at least. Um, so I know one of them, the shark blows up. One of them is the one that is normally seen. And then one of them sh- shows uh, uh, their friend Jake dying. And then one of them shows Jake living. Because the family did not, or the the fans the, people, fans, the people that were watching it did not like that ending. This guy, Jake, falling into the mouth of a shark, clearly getting eaten, but somehow making it out at the end. I was like, what the fuck? I remember watching that movie because we recorded it off TV on VHS. And nice. the end on TV. Never showed Jake living. So for years, years, like 20 years, I thought Jake died as you would think. And then I watched the actual movie uncut for TV and he's there at the end. He's just got like a leg brace on, even though his ass was in those shark teeth. It didn't make any sense. Um, yeah. The whole fucking movie is stupid. Um, Not good.
3: That was exhausting to listen to. Yeah. yeah, It's an exhausting movie to watch. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Imagine watching the fucking
2: film. Right? <laughs> How
1: exhausting that is.
2: Yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. Eesh. Okay. Uh, Michael Payne couldn't get his like one and only Oscar win because he was off filming this movie. Jesus. He said, he said, I've not seen it. I've never watched it. But I suppose I can guarantee you, or he says, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's not good at all. I'm pretty sure it's really right. bad. Um, But what is really nice, what was really good is the house that it bought me. That That house is really nice. It looks really yeah. good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey good for him and Right,
2: his priorities are where they need to be and the last absolutely worst movie maybe one of the worst movies of all time thing is i've never even watched this movie. i've never really wanted to watch it because just what i've seen is so stupid that it doesn't even look funny and the guy who's in it i don't like for many numerous i didn't like him before all the controversy and all the problems came out and i don't like him after leonard part six where are the parts one through five no one knows no What's one knew it? then. leonard the part it's bill cosby and it's oh, bill the, fucking cosby uh, starring bill cosby is one of the worst movies ever made uh even bill cosby said it was a pile of shit and he could not drug himself hard enough
1: to forget that movie even though he tried <laughs> oh, <laughs> leonard six. <laughs> 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 leonard you think it's better than, like ghost dad is better than i they're all equal like, <laughs> <same. laughs> <laughs> you know Little
2: column A, column B, shit in, shit out. It's all the same. Leonard Part 6, the worst movie of
1: 1987.
3: Oh, no. All right. Is, is is that it for worst movies? Yeah,
1: got a 7%
3: on Rotten Tomatoes. Then, is there another one that you can think of? Yeah. That? Another canon movie, Superman oh. 4, The Quest for Peace. Oh, right. Yeah, I Jesus. saw that. Jesus. Oh, there. I watched it probably not eh, a little while ago. Yeah, it's got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Another super <laughs> cheap canon movie, of, like. Oh my God! At least they got a uh, Gene Hackman back for Lex Luthor. Yes, but it's all so cheap. Like his his uh, costume looks like a Halloween costume, and the effects are terrible. He's like <laughs> out of focus when he's flying. Like, oh my God! You got Nuclear Man. <laughs> oh right, who like who like scratches Superman and gives him like radiation poisoning, and Superman like a... Superman moves the moon to make an eclipse on earth so that nuclear man like shuts down cuz he's powered by the sun which oh superman's powered by the sun too so that doesn't make any goddamn sense. No it doesn't. Also, the whole that... movie doesn't make any sense and nope. it's it's nope. it's bad. Wow. Wow. That's yeah, so, yeah that th- th- that's my uh that's uh-huh. my pick for worst movie. That's a good pick. That's a solid pick. I
2: think by this time I had what 10 movies and yeah yeah personal picks so we'll move on now to uh well that actually that that will end that will end our movie section okay yeah and uh, we will now move into the uh, music section of the podcast with the music of 1987. And for albums that went number one in 1987, we have Bon Jovi's "Slippery When Wet." Hell yeah! Again, there we go. Uh, Still up there. Uh, Another album that went number one in 1987: Michael Jackson's "Bad." Hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's good shit. Uh, Another album that went number one: uh, "The Dirty Dancing" official soundtrack. That that album was huge. I don't know necessarily why, but you know it was. It had a couple. It had a couple hits that were like modern, which is funny because it's like set it, Dirty Dancing was set in like the fifties, sixties, whatever it was. So it's got like these fifties, sixties songs or classics that people haven't heard. Mm-hmm. But then it's also got like new age, like Eric, like hungry eyes. That's not from the fifties and sixties. That's right now, but that's on the soundtrack. Yeah, probably. Don't worry about it. And I'll try not to. All right. Uh, another album at Number one, 1987, Whitney Houston's debut, Whitney, Whitney Houston's album. She's made her appearance. Uh, U2's The Joshua Tree, went number one eighty seven. Mm-hmm. And the Beastie Boys' License to Ill, what, number nice. one. Uh, for personal album picks of 1987, I don't have many. I don't. I only have three. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with oh, you, shit. two of the three, I don't even really listen to. I just know, like, one song from each one. At least one of them is R.E.M.'s Document. That's a personal album pick of 1987. Another personal nice. pick, I've got The Cure, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Uh, and
3: yeah, and that ex- some good ones, it? yeah.
2: that's another personal album pick of 1987 because I know one of the songs off kick, but honestly, for '87, I was like, What? There's not a lot there that I could be like, All right, that's it. There's like one song here, one song there, at least with oh, Aria, a couple songs. Oh. I was like, All oh, right, I'll use that one. But I mean, I'm sure for metalheads, there's probably something worth
3: listening to, but yeah, uh, you got Among the Living by Anthrax, which is a great uh, thrash metal album. Um, I think you got motley crew and swing out sister okay yeah, wait i'm not, I'm not really some. seeing much here uh, there are but that probably made my worst
2: albums of nineteen.
3: oh fair enough oh music for the masses by depeche mode that's if that's a good album
2: all right 1987 Thank i you. mean there's more but i'll stop Right, we'll move on to the worst albums of 1987, <laughs> and I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, I think, but I don't give a Uh-oh. shit because I fucking hate this band. I've always hated this band, and I will continue to hate this band. Jeez. That, yeah. uh, that band is Guns N' Roses with their yes. debut album, Appetite for Destruction. Garbage. <laughs> hate this band. Cannot stand them. Don't like any song I've ever done.
3: Ever. I mean, fair enough, but if you take out um Axel's vocals there's a lot of good guitar solos and riffs going on in that album so oh, that's all yeah. i'll say about that yeah i mean musically
2: it's not like yeah you know, it's not the worst thing in the world but i mean honestly it just it's not very appealing to me but yeah like i said i just hate that fucking man i hate <laughs> that i hate everything about him <laughs> man crap that they pull
1: and uh yeah i, I just i think a lot of it has to do with the fan base yeah, it's a lot of
2: like yeah. white trash as people. It is like, a lot
1: of white trash yeah. people that like,
2: like Guns N' Roses, like dc Pantera. Right, Guns, just, yeah. they're all kind of like in the white trash family of right. This is the, and Motley
1: Crue. I would, Motley Crue. Uh, yep, absolutely. Poison. Poison. Well, yeah,
2: those bands. Yeah. Sure. This white trash.
1: Scorpion.
4: Scorpion. Mm, I don't oh, know about getting, the Scorpions. We're
2: Scorpion. Hold on. <laughs> Actually, the band Europe. Um. Anyway, we'll one of the worst, one of the worst album of 1987. Uh, George Michael's Faith. Um, uh, just pop bland pop music. You
3: know. Oh, Bisca did a great cover of Faith, though. So. They did, absolutely
2: they did. Uh, we got Tiffany. The the this I'm not even kidding. You. She started off in the mall. She would go from mall to mall. This this girl, and she would sing in the malls. And she became famous for singing in malls when malls were a big thing. And her debut album, Tiffany, Tiffany, she did like what that. What
3: was her? Oh, I Think We're Alone Now? Yeah,
2: she covered I... that. Hey, song. that that's a great song. Um, But, yeah, Tiffany, Tiffany, one of the worst albums of 1987. <laughs> uh, Got to continue this on. Brian Adams' Into the Fire, one of the worst oh, albums yeah. of 1987. That's where you should put the album, I believe. That's where they you know, throw it. Ha, <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, another the last worst album of 1987, Motley Crue,
1: girls, girls,
3: (laughs) girls, yeah,
1: girls, 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 yeah, I just all I just picture somebody with a you know sleeveless t-shirt, says Motley Crue on it. They got like a Mm -hmm. bandana. They're drinking a beer out of a koozie, like a camo koozie,
3: and and a mullet. Yeah, right. mullet. yeah. and a cigarette in the same cigarette. hand that they're holding their beer. Yeah. Yep, yep,
2: yep. Uh, got like those Oakley like, like <laughs> massive glasses, right? A, like yep, and just and just head like that orangeish tint song.
1: on it. Yeah, yep. they got like the dirty uh, knee high <laughs> white socks that are kind of down <laughs> near their sneakers that are just dirty as well. <laughs> Everything. And, and they got they got <laughs> they also have jorts on. Jorts. oh yeah. of course homemade yeah. like homemade like, jorts right yeah like yeah i was string. gonna say with the sh- yep the shredded yeah.
3: jorts yeah <laughs> <laughs> man uh, really painting a picture yeah like they typ- typical motley crew fan <laughs> right, yeah.
1: someone listening to this like looking at themselves right now like am i this guy <laughs> well if
3: you are that guy you need to uh yeah Think, think seriously. About, yeah, really. think seriously about your life. <laughs> right. Really reconsider your life choices. Yeah. Really be introspective here.
2: <laughs> me being such a grunge fan also helps or or pushes me to not like these bands because it's it, it was like the antithesis of Motley Crue was grunge bands. Like you couldn't see like like Alice in Chains. You couldn't even though so melodic and all that stuff. But Motley Crue and Alice—it's not even a comparison. Motley Crue's garbage. Fucking hate that band. Uh, you should go listen to Alice yeah. in Chains better. Um, but the whole not a lot of like showing off, you know, not of this uh flashiness. It's it's not glam at all. So yeah, exactly. Right. I
1: think the, the glam metal is just you.
3: I hate horrendous.
1: horrendous, horrendous.
3: Really bad and, Yeah, I mean, and thanks to the glam metal, he got all the great thrash metal in the 80s yeah. just yeah. like counteracting them like head to head, right? And yep, and yep, yeah, was
2: it new wave you get punk music stuff like that? Um, there's the 80s had a shit ton of good music, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, but there's, a, there's that niche, there's that little group, or not even a little. I mean, at this point, it was pretty much full blown glam rock, was the thing.
1: I fucking hate it. So, well, King, the-, the kings of glam, I think, were was kiss and it was just I awful that, because damn. they weren't even like good <laughs> and like everything about it was just horrible, so corny. I don't understand. Yeah into that yeah. um but you know teach their own i
2: suppose to their own all right uh we will now move on to the top songs of 1987 uh one of the top songs of 1987 the walk like an egyptian by the bangles
3: oh cool yeah, that's uh, a that's a fun song
2: oh yeah that's a good one mm-hmm. um i want to dance with somebody by whitney houston another top song i
3: want to dance with somebody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a good song <laughs> <Somebody>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, sing it, Chris. Yeah, I
3: got
2: uh, here. I go again by White Snake. That's oh a god. Good. Oh
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> here we go again. Get, go
2: get on my own. That just reminds me of da, old da,
3: da, da. The
1: reason I even
2: even have that song in a a much what's really funny is I actually don't mind that song because of old school. Like if it wasn't for the movie Old School, hmm. I that song. Is just as much as i hate any other of that those mm-hmm. types of bands but for whatever reason it just makes you think of frank the tank when he's like uh sending his wife a voicemail repeatedly um all right uh we got another <laughs> top song 1987 living on a prayer by bon jovi yeah another yeah, classic, yeah. classic. Uh, another top song everybody have fun tonight wang chung yeah, everybody that one again? Yeah, yeah. oh boy <laughs> still there uh, this one I really like. I think it was also in 1986, but I could be wrong. Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. I actually really like this song. Yeah, it's a good one. i uh yeah. aware of it in uh, this movie called Adventureland. A forgettable movie from the mid-2000s, maybe late 2000s. Um, yeah. But it has a song that plays over and over again. And Don't Dream It's Over came on, and I thought, that's a really nice melody and guitar. and Yeah, I liked it. I wrote it actually after leaving a mental institution. Um, But yeah. Wow. It's over. Uh, Another top song of 1987. uh, U2's "With or Without You." This one's for Sly. "With or Without You." Uh, I played that song. It's a fun song to play. It's fun song. It's good melody. Got like the drums, the and the little guitar parts too. It's all good. Mm -hmm. It all kind of builds off itself. Starts off slow and then just kind of to this crescendo at the end. I think it's a really good song. "With or Without You" by U2. Uh, as I had mentioned earlier, Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now was a top song of 1987. Great song. Oh, uh, yeah. This one was a – this is a cover, <laughs> is a cover <laughs> of a, a older song. <laughs> Billy Idol's cover of Moni, Moni. Now, do you know what Moni, Moni – what Moni stands for? Do you know why they got Moni? I like telling the story because I guess a lot of people don't
3: know. Um, is it like Pussy?
2: Close. Um, yeah? Um. No. Uh, but anyways, no, no, okay, so, it was a okay. uh, writing the song back in like the sixties or whatever it was that came out. I was trying to think of a catchy thing, like woolly bully would just come out, you know, and it's like, what is woolly bully? You know, he's trying to think of his own little catchy tagline. So he's sitting there in New York city and he's trying to think of anything. As he looks out his window, he sees lit up on the side of the building, munis- municipal offices of New York. So it just says Moni. And so that's what that means. That's where Moni comes from. It's the municipal municipal offices of New York. So not as catchy as saying that instead of just saying Moni. Municipal offices of New York. <laughs> offices of New Man, York. Mony money yep. Weird. So that's the, because for I, just, that,
3: I just assumed it was some something sexual. You know, no. like all that shit was. I mean, I suppose if you're like really attracted to a
2: building, I think they had that in my strange obsession on TLC, where guy was <laughs> like, like.
1: Right, the bo- oh, that's ob- a bogus
3: ob- show. By the An way. object sexual, yeah, attracted yeah, inanimate objects, yeah, inanimate object, right. I just
2: feel really close to this uh, Ferris wheel, you know, whatever the fuck it was, anyway.
3: Yeah, and he's like making out with it, and getting the oil and the grease all over himself. Yeah, All right, um, it's good stuff. Jesus, <laughs> um, their top song
2: of 1987, uh, Billy Vera and the Beaters what a name uh at this moment. <laughs> f- and that song is
1: fucking hilarious
3: what
4: is Wait, the what, song what's
3: the song what did you think
2: i would do at this moment
1: oh at this moment
2: yep oh Found right, you another yeah you just hmm. don't love me no more it was like this like a prom dance in the 1987 or whatever it was But at the end of the song is my favorite part where it's just like he just goes off and he i can't do it i'm not gonna bother but <laughs> you gotta hear it right where he's just like
4: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's
2: great yeah. what the fuck? it goes on for so long it's like 30 seconds of him just moving um and then the saxophone just bursts in it's just it's so fucking. i just think about
5: what did you learn? how do you at this moment
2: it's
1: it sounds like michael mcdonald
2: yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about this song. It was still a top song in 1987 as it was in 86, but Chris The La Lady in Red, The La Lady in Red still maintains a top song in 1987. Uh, there you go, Sly. There you go. We won't tell that story again, though. No. We won't. Oh, no, no, no. Check uh, our
1: previous episode. Yeah, if you want to know that story about Sly, Absolutely. check 1986. We, we need it. to have
3: him on this <laughs> show again.
1: Right?
2: right? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'd love to. Just got to work out schedules uh billy medley's uh, i've had the time of my life one of the top songs of 1987 i've time of my life oh yeah uh, dirty dancing never felt swear before yeah um and we got a uh, linda ronstadt and james ingrams somewhere out there i remember like remember those like late night tv show or commercials that would be like get these three cds for 1999 you know? oh yeah yeah they still play like for, those commercials yeah commercial <laughs> for, commercial for these 80s songs and this was always on there and it looks so corny well, this music video for linda ronstadt and james ingram some old guys singing somewhere out there which is the song from american <laughs> tale it's like somewhere out there oh yeah, yeah. i remember that song oh, real moonlight. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, but it's just two old people singing to each other
3: it's kind of like it's weird um all right, <laughs> little... I just I just remember Linda Ronstadt from uh the Mr Plow episode of uh The Simpsons uh, Mr oh, Plow, hell yeah, yeah. Yep. she shows up randomly so good so good
2: uh, I got a few songs left here for top songs of 1987 uh Club Nouveau. yeah club whatever uh lean on me I love this one because it's the like it a breaks down to some Jamaican sounding us uh, some reggae oh, yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah
2: we be jam on we be jabon.
3: Listen to that uh bum. Man, listen to that song like everyday going to school, the taking the bus from uh Juanaltal to La Crosse. Lean on me
2: when you're not wrong.
3: Yeah, so what was that bus driver's name? Do you remember her name? Nancy? Yeah, Nancy, yeah. She yeah, had the shout same, out to Nancy. Yeah, shout big time to shout, to shout to out cuz yeah, her time. cassette had that <laughs> Her cassette had that song and it had a uh, Tiffany's. I think we're alone now. It had American Pie, had a bunch of, and then a few other random '80s songs. So yeah, good stuff. Same fucking
2: shit every day. Shit
3: in, shit out. Yep, those same songs every day.
2: Hell yeah. Rest in peace, Nancy. Unless you're still alive, then hey, Nancy, we
3: still remember your tape. Well, if if she's she's not still alive, she's driving that school bus in heaven. Yeah, or hell somewhere. Yes, because they have (laughs) somewhere still have education and heaven's public talk about talk about higher education get, oh. Get that in heaven. Well, it's, oh god it's I can only imagine the education you get in heaven holy shit well you got to learn about the ins and outs of the universe and reality and how to praise after. after i think yeah it's just, yeah i think it's just more like a vacation bible school for eternity <laughs> oh god <laughs> this isn't heaven at all ah. <laughs>
4: uh
3: all right we got a
2: few more songs here uh the cutting cruise i just died in your arms tonight oh cool top song am
3: 87 <gasps> i just died in your arms
2: tonight classic song yeah oh uh, yeah yep. uh, another top song in 1987 the georgia satellites keep your hands to yourself hmm. I got
1: some change in my pocket going jang-a-lang-a-lang yeah Oh, just, that song! You shuffle the yeah, G. It
3: was like, like it. "Don't give me no lies," and oh, yeah. your hands to, hands
1: to yourself. Yeah, that was covered, I believe, in some '90s country. You
2: no know, wedding rain
1: That song's pretty Not awesome.
2: Like, keep, yeah, keep your hands yourself. Georgia satellites. All right, uh, another two left. Two left for the top songs of 1987. We got Genesis's "Land of
3: Confusion." Oh uh, yeah. Song. Disturbed covered that song. Yeah, well, we don't need to talk about that. As well as
2: Shout. Um, they just, they're yeah. Um, all right. And the last top song of 1987, Michael Jackson's Bad.
5: Because I'm Bad.
2: I'm oh, bad. yeah.
3: Classic. Really, really bad. So good. Lin, yep. let's not forget Weird Al's uh, parody, Fat. Fat. Yep. they 1988, which is
2: excellent.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right,
2: now we got worst songs of 1987 now i've got george michael's faith <laughs>
1: <laughs> buddy like these
2: songs are like these were top songs man no worst worst song of 1987 one of them mm-hmm. george michael faith another worst song of 1987 is guns
1: N' roses welcome to the jungle absolutely right, hands down <laughs> that should be number welcome one to
4: the jungle
1: it's fucking so he's got the bad, most dude.
3: nasally voice like i can't i don't understand <clears throat> i don't know we
2: have to ask the people who indulge in the white trashness to oh yeah
3: a- i'm sure they have them pretty sick guitar riff though oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right guys Flash i think it's pretty awesome he's
2: a great guitar player yeah Flash is a great guitar player i think he's really fucking good he's incredibly talented but I do not like the music he makes with this fucking band. Fair enough. Right. I think his
1: talents bad. are wasted with the band, per- personally. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, and the last worst songs of 1987, uh, Survivors, is this love. Is this love that I'm feeling? It's really bad. <laughs> oh God! So, <laughs> the other thing is, at the end of the oh, at the end of this episode, where we have the worst songs play at the end, you yeah. were to think we playing top song no we're playing the worst songs of this year and so I guess you're gonna hear some faith some welcome to the jungle oh, oh yeah
3: Sp- speaking of which uh the previous episode you guys were shitting on the walk of life yeah and-, and I listened to the episode at work and you put the walk of life at the end there yep and you know what I just had a smile on my face when it started <laughs> that's that's yep. that's- yeah fuck yeah walk of life and then it cut out and it went to the uh L. Ron Hubbard song yeah right
2: uh what to uh Country rap. What's well, something, something else? Oh, a the country, country rap. Fucking, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, whatever.
1: that was hysterical. But I was, I was dying listening. I was that. upset oh, that Walk God. of Life
3: got cut off. Yeah. I, tried yeah, I to got cut, cut up off at the perfect point, too. Yeah, I was like, getting like, right into I, it. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Good I saw Lord. Like
2: a <laughs> <laughs> short of somebody playing on their guitar and their girlfriend sitting on their bed and they start playing the Walk of Life on the guitar and where the music plays in the background and the girl starts smiling like, everyone knows this is a banger. I fucking hate this song. Hate that song, so corny. Um, yeah, but yeah, brought a smile to my face, Brad. That's good. I am happy yeah. with that that happened. All right, and then the the road to freedom is so fucking monotone, and they don't sound like they're happy at all to be on this road to freedom.
1: It's good. definitely disturbing.
4: Road to it has
1: some sort of like dark
3: undertone to yeah, it. Really creepy about that. Gotta movie. listen to the 1986 episode. Right. Nope. Don't just skip to the end for the songs. No. You gotta listen to the whole right. thing. You gotta
1: listen to the whole thing. It builds it's up it. to those
3: songs at the end. Right.
1: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it
2: for our music section of the podcast. Yeah. All right. We <laughs> almost hit the fun stop button, which makes make sense. All right. Uh, but we will now... <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? We will now move to the uh, TV section of the podcast with TV of 1987.
0: Space, the final frontier.
2: And for TV shows that debuted in the year 1987, a classic classic TV show Star Trek: The Next Generation, debuted oh, nice. in 1987. I highly recommend watching that show. Oh yeah, first season or the first two, but definitely the third. It really picks it up after that. There's actually a really horribly racist episode uh, in 1987, I think the first season, like the first five episodes. In they like go to some tribe in Africa, and it's just like a whole bunch of things. It's bad. Um, yeah. Uh, another show that they're talking
1: about the the episode where like the lieutenant gets captured and it she can, like fight for her life maybe that's it uh, people i think you might be yeah ready. yeah the tribal people yeah um another show that debuted 1987
2: married with children fox is the fox network's big first show married with children um move and marriage i never really watched that show too much it, it seemed like it was a not for my age. I don't my parents wouldn't let me watch it. They didn't really like it. They thought the humor right. was garbage or crass or too just crude. Crude. Yeah. yeah. Just, um and I watch it again and it I don't even like it now. It just it's really lame. It's yeah. all fat jokes and like it's just like humor that would only fly in nineteen eighty seven. That's not gonna fly now. And even now it's not funny. So I don't really like the show at all. Um Married with it, Children. But it debuted nineteen eighty seven. Another show that debuted nineteen eighty seven, the show Full House. Boom. Boom boom doom. ah, uh, ah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Um whatever happened to predictability? Um so yeah, I Full House. Man the paper boy. <laughs> Go through it whole thing.
1: Evening TV.
2: <laughs> Full House debuted nineteen eighty seven. Um kind of like a spin on three men and a baby, but three men and three babies, three children um right full house pretty much sure i'm pretty sure it's it just debuted to solid ratings and just stayed that way till till it ended to like the last year when it kind of started to lose people but mm. um the first couple years are pretty funny like in terms of like what people are wearing there's just plot lines and whatnot but yeah it wasn't a bad little show for when it started off it was really different than what bob saget was doing stand-up wise but you know what Each is their own so good for him full house a classic show
3: well, yeah, was Bob Saget one of those raunchy comedians? Oh yeah. I, I never really listened to his stuff. His stuff's all raunchy. Uh, yeah, it's it's real. Yeah, yeah, kinda it. kinda like Robin Williams. Yeah. Like yeah. growing up with him, he's the genie's and Mrs. Doubtfire. And then right. you know, I watch one of his stand ups, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah,
1: because Bob Saget also hosted uh, America's Funniest Home videos and I watched that. Oh yeah, up yeah. Too. He
3: was he was beloved by the entire country. <laughs> and then he has such a potty mouth when he does his stand up. <laughs> right. Absolutely, all those four-letter words. Four-letter words. Is <laughs>
2: like for uh, um, half baked, you know. You ever suck dick for Coke? I mean, that's a Bob
1: Saget. Oh line. yeah, right. That's he directed a- the movie uh Dirty Work. Uh, what's it? Dirty Work. Yeah. Oh. He's
2: huh. okay. love that movie. Whole oh, yeah. House debuted in 1987. One of the best theme songs. Still, it's really fun to play. Really fun to play on the guitar um all right uh 21 jump street also debuted in 1987. 21 jump street i never watched the show but i watched the movie it was made or inspired by or whatever it was um i actually thought that was a pretty good movie 21 right. but um the tv show i never bothered but it stars a young johnny depp and everyone knows that but yeah mm-hmm. 21 jump street another show that debuted in 1987 the bold and the beautiful the bold and the beautiful Ooh.
3: A uh, soap opera, I believe. I was going to say, it sounds like a soap opera, just by the name. Like the Young and the Restless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of stuck around for another
2: 20 years, the Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. Another show that debuted in 1987, A Different World. Basically, like a Cosby show, but for the younger generation. Um, Yeah. I believe the thing about this show that stuck out to me is the guy, I can't remember his name, but he had these sweet glasses, like these circle glasses, like circle frame glasses that had like a a lens on top of them that you could flip up. That oh was, yeah, I don't remember his name. But yeah, I always wanted those when I was a kid. I don't know how practical they are, but I always wanted one. Um. Yeah, the uh, another well, it's another TV show. For me, this this show was the show was my favorite show as a kid growing up. Every time it was on, I'd watch it. I watched. I was obsessed. I'd I'd get the movies, the VHS movies we get from Burger King when they had that thing going on. I had comic mm-hmm. books that I'd read for this, oh uh, my God. The, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon. Oh, yeah, the cartoon, yeah. yeah. Um, really, really just, I just loved everything about it. But the thing is, <laughs> watch it now. Holy shit. The animation is, uh, I don't know, bad. That's what it's going to look bad. It's bad. It, it really, <sighs> about process blah. The animation is just shoddy and not good. It gets better as the series goes on, but the plots and the stories and everything gets worse. So you get one or the other. Right. And I, there was one infamous for at least for my <laughs> uh, VHS for the Ninja Turtles that I had because there's a bunch that you got at Burger King. One was like the Great Baldini and all this stuff, but one that we had in particular was called Sky Turtles. And so there's this episode of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles called Sky Turtles mm-hmm. where Krang and Shredder developed this, anti-gravity box that um, reverses gravity on the earth. Instead of having any gravity, there's no gravity. So everything ideally would just float away. And that's what he was going to do. He's going to have everything float away and then rebuild it in his own image or whatever. Shredder. (laughs) Okay. Um, The turtles get wind of this and thankfully they're able to take some anti-gravity boots that um, Shredder had also made for his uh, Rocksteady Bebop. Anyway, they get the boots on there's a whole ordeal there's a they at one point they decide to try and put the buildings back together they take one of the buildings and they they fire this like a turtle grappling hook just a rope this turtle they, they hook the channel six building the entire building and they just drag it away apparently when there's no gravity nothing weighs anything anymore so they're just able to just move it whatever no big deal and so uh they they are able to tie Isn't the building a, true, right? Well, yes.
1: Well, well yeah, but like uh, what I remember this episode they, they they were in like a blimp, right? They had like a blimp. Yeah, the blimp. The yeah. Blimp. And and what they would do, they they'd like harpoon the buildings that were flying away. And s- essentially, you know, since there's no gravity, their blimp shouldn't really work at all. You know, no. that should also just be going away. I was gonna say, for some fucking get... I think that they did they have some sort of anti-gravity thing?
2: Other than the boots? That was it. They st- I think they stayed above the field of anti-gravity. Oh. And then, like, the thing is they went and tied that Channel 6 building just using a rope to another using building a rope. that yeah. was still on the ground. So the animation shows all bunch of buildings, like all the rest of New York is fine except now for the Channel 6 building, even though previously they showed a bunch of buildings being ripped from their foundations. That's true, yeah. And then after they finished the day and they went and out and all that stuff, all the buildings, everything comes falling down perfectly yeah. <laughs> in place. Every building. Okay, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Everything, and, yeah. But they don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Uh, also, some molten lava p- pours up from the concrete and Shredder and uh, Rocksteady and Bebop step in it, but they're good. Their feet are still there. This is all right. perplexing. Um, Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Love that show. Um, One of my all-time favorites. Uh, another show that debuted in 1987, the show DuckTales. DuckTales, woo! Good, good theme song. Um, yeah, fantastic theme song. Actually, had a good sh- uh, video game for the NES. Eventually, when they got one, but yeah, DuckTales debuted nineteen eighty seven. Uh, unsolved mysteries, unsolved yes. mysteries. Debuted nineteen eighty seven. Man, <laughs> I, was-
3: I loved that show. Well, <laughs> I simultaneously loved it and was terrified by it yes. growing up. Hell yeah! yeah that the spooky man with the scary voice would come on wearing the trench coat. Like, welcome to Unsolved Mysteries, Robert uh, Stack. It was
2: basketball. The movie Basketball was really funny. Like, uh, they basically had, like, an Unsolved Mysteries where they had the exact same guy, Robert Stack, coming in and be like, Coop is hanging by his neck in his fucking closet, you know. Does anyone know what happened to Coop? You know, just the same music playing in the background. But, yeah, it's so creepy. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, all right, two more shows left. That debuted in 1987. The show Super Dave with... Uh, mm-hmm. Bob Einstein. Um, love that. Love that guy. Missing. Oh, R- yeah. R- R- super Dave, a uh, guy who would basically do like evil Knievel stunts, but they would always go bad and it was really cheap, but it was supposed to be cheap. It was always really funny. It, it was like one of those scenes that I've seen repeatedly because it's listed as one of the best is when uh, Bob Einstein, I don't even know if it was from this super Dave show. It might, this might've been like a cartoon, but I should I think about it. I think it was Never mind anyway, Super Dave, ba- I think it was in the 70s, he did this one where he got on top of a truck, like a semi-truck, and he had like a piano playing, and he was like, all right, we're going to see you guys later. This one is, uh, this stunt is just blah, 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 and he takes off, and he starts playing got, like sheet music and all this stuff, and he just, at the end, it cuts away, and you see that it's a dummy now, but he runs into this tunnel, and he hits mm-hmm. the top of the tunnel, everything, it like, blows up and explodes, and <laughs> Dave just manages to live throughout the whole thing, yeah. um, just really that funny.
3: Sounds- yeah, I was going to say, that sounds pretty good actually oh it's it's
2: fantastic super dave i recommend it and the last show that de- debuted in 1987 this one is a cartoon for sure the show brave star timmy showed me this one brave star about some space cop or space cowboy fella wearing cowboy hat and then there's like a m- <laughs> mechanical horse yeah, ride. i
1: remember yeah brave
2: star was the, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the fucking intro is oh. so ridiculous
3: brave star
2: yeah Vila, another last Vila show that I'm going to mention that debuted in 1987 uh, for the top 10 TV shows of 1987 for basic TV we had the number one show once again for like the fourth year straight the Cosby show rated yeah. number one. even with Leonard part 6 it did nothing to diminish the
3: Cosby <laughs> show uh, damn it's a shame I mean <laughs> at the time you know he could do no wrong he was, he was, he was America's dad you know nope.
2: we didn't know any better we did not um, number two, uh, A Different World debu- you know, debuted and became the second highest rated show in 1987. Uh, Cheers was number three. Number four was The Golden nice. Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five was Growing Pains. Six, Who's the Boss? Seven, Night Court. Eight, 60 Minutes. Nine, Murder, she wrote. And ten, Elf. Elf made it to ten. Also Growing, uh, The Wonder Years or whatever, or Growing Pains, whatever it was, nineteen. It also was number ten, but it tied. And if anything ties with ALF, I just make ALF number 10. So there it is. The right, top sure. 10. Shows. <laughs> <Alf>. <laughs> For basic TV, 1987. Uh, the worst TV shows to debut in 1987. We've got my two dads, which are Paul Reisner and someone else. Oh Basically it's a woman that these two guys both dated and had a child. I don't think she knows whether or not oh. each father or they know that they're not the father, but she dies and they decide to take care of this, t- this girl. And, uh, hijinks ensue because it's two men taking care of a girl and they don't of know course. what they're doing so my two dads mm. um only lasted for a couple
1: seasons not a good thing to do would be like get a dna test right uh you know really find the parents you know maybe check, maybe check for a foster home if you aren't the parents you know that sort of thing but no no,
2: maybe the grandparents of the mother who sure. died, or aunt uncle sure.
1: anybody else they nope. still around any sort of family yeah
3: well that's not funny though
1: not just. <laughs> like a few years beforehand right.
3: We're good
2: all right <laughs> um, all right another first TV show to debut in 1987 Beauty and the Beast stars Ron Perlman and uh, what's her name from uh, Terminator Terminator 2 Qu- Children of the Corn Linda Hamilton Linda oh Hamilton. Yeah. yeah Ron Perlman's the Beast only made it for like a year or two it was real bad I've
3: seen I've seen pictures of Ron Perlman as the Beast yeah Not bad. yeah, yeah. It makes
2: sense um I like this one. <laughs> this one I didn't realize was an actual per- uh show, but I should have known better because Family Guy mentioned it. Uh and they always do pulp culture references, pop culture references. Uh Jake and the Fat Man was one of the worst shows to debut in nineteen eighty seven about Jake, a detective with a cop who's a detective, but this guy's fat, so it's Jake and the Fat Man. And the and the and the fat cop is like the guy Family Guy made fun of he's like, Those uh, cheese danishes. We got any cheese danishes? He's like got... breathing heavy and all that stuff. Yeah, so that was the whole thing. Right. That was premise of the show Jacob man they they did not give a shit in the 80s and the last worst TV show to debut in 1987 was a show called rags to riches I don't remember I remember I looked it up for a moment and it's basically just it's just not good just the title basically explains the plot and hijinks ensue so
3: yeah we'll do it for is it kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies Mm, I don't think because they were like poor white trash and they got they discovered oil and then they were rich. Uh,
2: there was a lot of like country jokes in that. There's nothing of this sort in Rags to Riches. Mm. I don't think so. It might be more urban related than country, might be like the same thing, but just more urban. Oh, okay. All right, that will do it though for TV of 1987. Yay! All right. (laughs) And now there's actually a handful of, uh, oh God, all right, here we go. Uh, video games of 1987. All right, and for, uh, on December 18th, for video games of 1987, on December 18th of 1987, in Japan. The game Final Fantasy is released, um, huge deal in Japan. Became a huge hit. Uh, there was a rumor going around that it was named Final Fantasy because it, the game didn't work. The company was going to go under, and that may have been true in some respects. But I think as it wasn't entirely accurate, they were going to be. It wasn't the real reason for it. It was more of an alliteration thing, and right. Final Fantasy was sounded good. So
3: yeah. Yeah, it does sound pretty cool.
2: Uh, right. In March. For the NES, the game Contra came out. Contra. I love Nintendo. that game. Uh, the ca- uh, the Konami code became famous because of Contra, because it was so fucking hard that you couldn't beat it at all unless you had the code. And Oh, yeah, uh, it,
3: gave, it gave you, like, 30 lives or something like that. Lives. It gave you a fighting
2: chance. Because if you didn't have mm-hmm. those 30 lives, you would certainly lose them. I mean, you literally had to beat the first, like, half of the game not dying at all and expend all the rest of your <laughs> lives. Um. Another game that came out in 1987, a classic. On October 18th, Mike Tyson's Punch Out came out for the Nintendo. Um, that's a classic game. Net- Tyson's one of the toughest fighters in that game, or, no, the the toughest fighter in the game. Like he hits you, yeah. right? Yeah, he's the final that's, boss, he's the main guy.
1: <laughs> he's the final boss. It's like it's like Mortal Kombat,
2: pretty much. Yeah. Right. and he's he makes Shang Tsung look like a bitch. Like <laughs> with one punch, and you're done. He punches you out. Uh, for the arcade in December. 1987, uh, Street Fighter made its debut in the arcade oh, cool. in December of '87. Yeah, that was a big hit. Uh, in October, for the Sega Master System, Afterburner uh, came out as a uh, simulation for f- uh, flying planes and whatnot. I remember it being a lot of fun when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, on December, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, Mega Man is released in 1987. Mega Man, another side scroller, a lot of fun. Um, went on to have like 100 sequels. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mega Man, really good game. Uh, On April 22nd for the Nintendo Entertainment System, Double Dragon is released. Double Dragon. Uh, (laughs) uh, I play this game a lot. It's cool because it's a two-player game. You were the brothers. Um, The movie is a whole other thing, but at least for Double Dragon, uh, it was pretty good. It was a fun beat-em-up. One of the original fun beat-em-ups. And finally, for the arcade, I didn't realize this. My first hockey game I ever played in October for the arcade. Blades of Steel was released. Blades of Steel. Classic. Had wow. like Chicago, Minnesota, and a bunch of other teams. Some teams didn't exist at all. But to get in a fight, you'd have to just run into the player three times on the ice and hear this <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: start
2: fighting. Um, it was good. And then you have, and then just like this crowd
3: sound like I got like a, like a oh yeah I remember that yeah you gotta cover. love those old video game sound yeah. effects
2: <laughs> but I played that a lot blades of steel classic um, classic game all right we'll, we'll get to the uh, worst video games of 1987 there's actually two there's two Ooh. of them um has this ever happened before yeah we've had a couple but not all. Oh, we've had
3: we've had oh okay we've had ones where we've had, we've had two bad worked. two yeah. the worst oh okay.
2: absolutely but it's only happened like maybe two or three times. Maybe? I don't
3: remember. But
2: for the worst video games of 1987, uh, sorry, worst video games of 1987, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest, made famous by the video game nerds' rant about it.
3: Yeah, that was his first episode, I believe. Yep, where he just talks about how this game
2: is a piece of shit, and it is where every time it goes to night it's like oh no the horror of nighttime is here and it takes forever right. for the next to get through other things just, like quest lines and like talking to people in town that give you valuable information if you accidentally hit a you skip the whole thing and you can't find out what it was that they were talking about but letting you know it's going tonight you can't skip it all <laughs> you have to do the whole thing Oh god, and the scene you have to like kneel down on the corner and have like a green crystal or blue crystal selected with something else oh, selected yeah. in your menu and you have to wait like 15 seconds for a tornado to come by and take you to the next part of the game. If you don't know to what? do that, you don't you can't beat the game. Yeah, it's so fucking random. It's so crazy. You might yeah, be able I to think,
3: I don't think anything tells you that either in the game, right? I'll say maybe one of the people in the village, you can piece it together.
2: But if you accidentally skip it, you won't know. Right. There's right. also parts in the game where the floor is not actually there. It just looks like it's there. And the only way to find out if it's a fall pitfall is to endlessly throw holy water in front of you. And so you just basically spend your time doing that, hoping not to fall through. And if you hit water, you die. Because you can't swim, obviously. Um, it's, and the ending boss, Dracula, doesn't look anything like Dracula. It looks like the Grim Reaper. And to beat him, basically, you just use this flame whip, flame thing you've been using for half a game anyway. You put it down where he's at, and he just gets burned repeatedly until he dies, and it's over. That's the end of the game. It's a shitty game. It's a really, really bad game. Um, But maybe the worst game of 1987. Made by the gaming company LJN, I believe is the name of the company. The Rainbow LJN, I think. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Nintendo Entertainment System, in November, released the game Jaws. Jaws. We owned this game. I played this game. Oh, old. of course you did. And <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. There's one level. You just have one ship that you go from port to port, just one port or two ports together. You go one to the next. You go around and you collect like seashells for currency. And you do that by killing creatures. They're all the same creatures. There's like a jellyfish, there's like a stingray. Mm-hmm. Like little baby sharks, whatever.
1: Oh man, I remember this game. I liked this game <laughs> when I was a kid. Right. You didn't have a uh, any... I in- mean, I- that you're going to run into just like a random bo-
2: battle. you just be floating around all of a sudden and be like, oh, you hit something and then you have to go in and, and uh, make your way out. And you basically just shoot shit for a while until the game decides, okay, you've had enough and takes you back. That's it. There's no inclination. Or, there's nothing letting you know what's going on. Sorry, Brad. Go ahead.
3: Oh, I'm watching a uh, gameplay of it right now. Yeah, pretty uh looks. It's just monotonous, just shooting yeah. shit. And then and and shooting shit.
2: Yeah, we could never beat it. We would see Jaws would show up and it was this huge shark in the game and you couldn't do anything about it. Then we finally realized that you had to level up your power in order to be strong against Jaws. And then you get it and finally you get to the end of the game. And you go to fight Jaws, and it, at the end of the game is the based off Jaws for the revenge, where you shock the shark and get him to jump out of the water. But then you have to take the boat and stab him in the gills. But it's so off. Like, it's not timed well. It doesn't look right. So you have to, like, almost stab the shark when you don't think you should be stabbing the shark in order to actually stab the shark. So as a kid, you're trying to do it when you think you would do it, but it doesn't work at all. He only gets so many opportunities before you have to start basically all over again, and we just never beat the game, never did. If we did, I don't remember it. It's a terrible fucking game.
3: Do you know Um, how long it takes to beat this game?
2: It could take like five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, half an hour.
3: Yeah, (laughs) the the video of the long play and it's yeah thirty two minutes long.
2: It's basically nothing, and we could never beat it as kids because it just it it sucked. So yeah, that was the worst video game of 1987 all right and that will do it for our review of the year 1987 this has been a longer one not two and a half hours i'd say maybe almost um but thank you so much for joining us anything to add before we close it up here
1: no 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 all
2: right and with that, I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast, and we'll join us again for another installment of History with Herse effect Don't forget to hydrate, like, and exercise to all that shit. I don't have the note in front of me, so I can't remember exactly how to end this. So this oh, is- well, also <laughs> su- subscribe as well. Subscribe, yeah, subscribe. Do that. Like, comment, like, comment, comment stuff. Whole
3: thing. Um, all right. Listen to all the episodes multiple times.
2: Absolutely.
3: Just Thanks. put them on repeat while you go to bed. That's what you should do. Or at work. Or at work. Or at work. Or Absolutely. while you multiple- make multiple Spotify accounts and just play it constantly. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> with that, I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation and we'll join us again for another installment of History with Hersfat. Don't forget to hydrate, exercise, and to like and subscribe to the podcast. All these things are essential for your health and well-being. Take care of yourselves and each other.